Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 19 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have Paul D. Dominicus and Craig DeBoose back. Uh, we did a little... Uh, I don't even know, early morning, 7 a.m. Uh, with some coffee. So we had a good time. Um, we I don't even really remember what we talked about. I, I still have the Vegemite sitting in my throat. So um, f- don't ever take it, but listen to the podcast if you want to see me suffer. All right. Hope you guys enjoy episode 19 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 19 of the Galen Trombley Show. Um, I'm looking forward to this uh, episode. We have two returning guests back, which just makes this an even more special episode. So I have, um, I don't know what episode he was on, but we have Paul D. Dominicus back, and we also have Craig DeBoos. Um, the two guests that I have that have the hardest names to pronounce, but we brought them back. We did a, we did a, you know, we, we worked on that, so we're good. Um, so as I said before on the last episode when we had Meg, um, you already know their backstories. Go find their earlier episodes. So we're just going to kind of get right into it. Uh, Craig's on the uh, fact check here, so we can probably look up any of our ideas. Not really me, but more, I think, Paul. But we'll uh, fact check him. Good thing we don't have Brightwell, who was also supposed to join us, which would have been four people because half the time when he talks, I just want to fact check it to make sure how crazy it actually is and that it's safe because <laughs> we don't want to get in trouble or hurt. So, gentlemen, welcome. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me back. So, so this is uh, we're, this is also the first podcast where we're not in my home studio because it's getting a little a little busy. We're just out and about in the uh, out we're, and about in the world. We're, we're going to do it a, do it in a different place. This we time. are doing a field trip right now. So, but it's good. More space. Hopefully, that improves our uh, quality of voice for you guys. So, um, gentlemen, what's what's the good word? It's also early in the morning. Yeah, I was a little Earliest surprised. Earliest podcast you know, we've done. 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, when he said 7 o'clock in the morning, my eyebrows did go up a, yeah, a certain what, amount. But What else are you doing at 7 o'clock on a Sunday? Um, to be honest, sleeping. Yeah. You know, I, I got three kids. Um, <laughs> I, I like to take week. that opportunity to just basically slug in bed for a little bit. And I have a wife who indulges me occasionally and lets me do that. So, you know. All right. We're glad we could interrupt that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have you. I'd rather have you here personally. So that's that's good. I, we we we, we mentioned yesterday we wanted to have like a, like a, a dad episode where we just different stages of dads, I guess. But I was actually thinking about that on the way here. It's like one, two, three kids, right? Well, well we all have kids. Yes, but like you have one, one, two, two kids. Yes, three kids. So I know. suppose we, so, we've got the story. So the big crew is how old now? Fifteen months. Today or tomorrow? Twenty fifth. Fifteen months on the twenty fifth. Then you've got two boy and a girl, Paul. Yes, and he is nine and a half, and she is fourteen and a half. And then I've got three boys: twelve, eleven, and four. So twelve. Yeah. So we're, we've got a good range. We yeah, do we have do. a good range of, of experience. So good range of experience and levels of tired. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my my second is due in two months, so I will jo- I will be back. Kind of like we'll see. We'll, we'll check in then. 
Maybe we won't be doing this. Actually, we'll be doing probably a 5 a.m. one at that point. Because <laughs> you won't have slept for 24 I, hours. Actually, I slept. <laughs> we're, we're just going to do a marathon, to be honest. So it's, it's going to be, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. No, it is one of those things. We talked about it on the last podcast. You know, it's it's almost like twice the kids and four times the fun. It's, it's Somehow the proportionality just isn't there. Like a, There's no basic proportionality. Like the more kids you have the number of activities goes up and, and the, yeah, the, the so drama goes up and it's the trouble exponential goes up. it's yeah, not exactly. double it's yes you know so yeah. much so, so well also much so. When, when the father is also a kid absolutely well so then, absolutely. then it bumps up even more and then we, then we thank our wives for for, for, <laughs> for, deal, for, hanging for in dealing there, with us for signing up for that <laughs> and yet yet so many of the uh, the good experiences in life usually start with uh, don't tell your mother or, or, or something to that effect, at least. That's, I said that to somebody yesterday. They had kids, and I said the second one was coming. And they said, oh, well, I don't even know where it led, but I basically just said, well, let's ask your mother kind of question. Not the sense that I wouldn't let them do it. I just don't want to get in trouble with my own spouse. So <laughs> get, getting the question looked at, what, did you really say they could do that? Well, I said, well, they, maybe. maybe. They might, you know, they'll, <laughs> they'll learn from it. If not, they'll learn. It'll make them grow. I think it was definitely a, a subject of the podcast we did. Um, and and it, it always talked about how much life changes, not just not just perspective or not just you know time frame, but in terms of your priorities and what you're thinking about, um, not you know day to day and what you have to take care of once kids start to come into the mix. And I always look back at my my days pre kids and wonder how I was ever late for anything or never had the time for anything, and you know or, or, or the ability of a, a non parent to say the phrase you know oh, I just don't have time for that. And right. now I look back at myself and wonder what the hell I was thinking. What was I what was I doing yeah. that whole time? That, that was that was when I had the most time in my life. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I I see. Um, we did this thing the other day. We were talking. Uh, I, I have like interns that come help out and stuff. And then I, I also went to a college thing the other day. And some of these college kids, when they say they don't have time, I'm like, you will not have more time in your life than you do right now in college. I don't care who you are because you're you have like five classes, maybe maybe a job. If you have a full time job in college, I'll, I give it to you. But I'm like, you guys are. Enjoy this. Enjoy the enjoy the freedom that you have right now, because about five to ten years, it's a different perspective. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I guess you know, it's I guess it's all about choice. So you know, I mean, now we just it's the same amount of time. We just have to choose to spend it differently. Exactly. Exactly. Finite resource. That's right. But the other thing it was uh, it was interesting. Uh, Gail and I caught up for coffee yesterday, and uh, and we started talking about um, there is so much that goes into work and life but you start to see those opportunities to contribute i suppose and and your name came up a couple of times because we talked about all of the work that you've done with the city and the downtown revitalization initiative and things like that and all of a sudden your your world stops being quite so insular and your your perspective broadens a little bit um and you start to look at ways a town like this can improve or, or get better or something like that in the ways that you know it can be contributed to um, not necessarily with politics or something like that, but, but certainly with the opportunities to, um, to be a part of the way some, something like this grows, I suppose. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because now having a almost 15-year-old, um, watching her sort of develop that kind of perspective on the world and that she wants to change the world and she's part of different things and she's getting involved. and she, It's really quite interesting to see. Um, it's, it's neat to see that when your kids are you know, getting active in things and so I agree. There's a lot going on, uh, and it's cool to see that. So yeah, you just you know spending your time differently. That's all. Yeah, well, that's the one thing I again coming from like a new parent perspective is kind of when you see them develop into their own person. Because then I got to take. I always I don't know why this is like 
course, this is new. So this is the new, new father club that I'm in, but I kind of have like the perspectives are starting to change a little bit. So I kind of think about like, I, I think of my own parents and I think of where I was and then I think of how I've developed and how, you know, that it must be kind of cool as a parent to see it full circle when your kid actually becomes an adult and then actually now is responsible for bringing up the next wave, which still kind of freaks me out a little bit that yeah, yeah, I have yeah. that responsibility, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's kind of cool. I, that, I, I think about that more now that I'm in a different, different perspective. You guys have obviously had that for a few more years. So does that, did you ever hit that moment? Oh yeah. Oh, that yeah, realization sure. where you're like, what the heck's going on? Absolutely. I'm now the, yeah, well, the next step up. It starts when you they let you take the kid home from the hospital the first time. You're like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. And then, you know. Or do I drop him off, right? <laughs> and then from there, it's just, you know, it, it, yeah, it comes and goes. And just every time something new happens with the kids, you're it's just impressive to see kids grow up, you know. And then you're like, wait, whoa. Like, I had some small part of that, you yeah. know. But I always love it. The parent perspective is like the first time you actually say something that your parents said to you and you're like, Oh my God, what happened? <laughs> and the grandparents are in the back, like with their fingers, like, he, 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 you know, that's, that's fun when that happens. I just sounded like my mother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, the, the, it seems like a weekly event where you want to call up your parents and apologize for something that you did, uh, you know, as a teenager or a young kid. And I, I think I remember, um, my middle son, Nate, who's always seems to be getting into a scrape. Um, yeah, as in physically, he he he's got stitches or he's getting glued back together or something like this. And and I remember the first time it happened and calling my mother and uh, you know, mom, this happened and I feel really bad. And she started laughing. I'm like, <laughs> you know, payback or karma or whatever it is coming back to to bite me on the ass. Right. But uh, but inevitably, you sort of look at what your kids are going through, and there's no cliff notes to this. There's no there's no magic bullet, magic theory, or anything else that works. And sometimes you just kind of, you just trying to work it out and that's all it is. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. It's interesting to see, you know, what your, what your kids sort of, you know, kind of latch onto as well and like what they like to do. And um, both of my kids um, have started, we, we started to watch the, the television show, The Good Place. I don't know if you're aware of that show. It's a, it's a, it's a funny show. It's absolutely outstanding. It's, it's, it's worth a look. It really is. It really is. And so essentially one of the characters is a, is a philosopher and he, you know, sort of, couches all of his decisions and he has a hard time making decisions but they bring up a lot of different points in in philosophy and both of my kids have attached themselves to learning philosophy which is awesome because i'd love doing that myself uh so you know my my daughter and i in particular because she's a little bit older she's really grasping you know so we have conversations about you know how do you know how do you develop self? How do you know self? How do you critically think about things? And it's really cool to see, you know, those things, like when they start to like something that you like as well, you know, then on the other side of that, they both, you know, hate the music that I listen to and they both, so, you know, <laughs> you get little pieces here, little pieces there, and you, you, you sort of grasp what you, what you can, but those conversations, I wouldn't trade those for the world. Like we'll go get a cup of coffee and drive around for an hour and talk about, you know, different, uh, different perspectives on how you know yourself or what's reality or what it's so much fun. I like that your kid drinks coffee. Yeah, um, that's that's good. I started drinking religiously at sixteen. Haven't yeah. stopped. So yeah, oh me too. I, that's coffee and water. Those are my two beverages yeah. of choice. Yeah. But the nine year old want, he wants coffee and and like you're just a little. I just tell him it's going to make him short and he doesn't want to be short. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that's why I'm five seven. Okay, makes sense now. <laughs> it's like you can't drink coffee till you're a teenager because it'll make you short. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. No, it's it's interesting, isn't it though, that uh, parental philosophy when it comes down to that. And uh, one of my favorite stories about my parents was always uh, I got introduced to alcohol 
uh, the, the drinking age in Australia is 18. My parents had a very European philosophy on alcohol. So I think I was, was like Super Bowl day kind of thing in, I was about 14 or something like that. And I got a almost a zero alcohol beer and thought I was the king of the world. <laughs> and then started getting, you know, wine cut with water occasionally for dinner or, or I was allowed to taste scotch. But it got to the point where by the time I was 18, I could no longer afford what I wanted to drink. And I remember coming home um, uh, <laughs> from a party. And I'd busted my curfew by like, you know, an hour or something like this. And I can't, I can't remember the situation, but um, my parents were obviously in bed waiting for me to get home. And they hear me stomping the door like angry and just ang- like, where have you been? And I said, uh, the designated driver started drinking, so I had to walk home. And they're like, well, how much have you had to drink? And I'm like, nothing. All they had was crappy beer and shit scotch <laughs> and stomped off to bed. And, and now that I'm a parent, I imagine them sitting in bed, literally just throwing a high five going, right, right. we did it. You know, something along those lines. That's, that's awesome. We, we ruined him. He won't drink cheap beer. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. which, which is college in the U.S. That's, that's you missed. You, well, no, you didn't go. You were... You weren't well, here. Went, yeah, you weren't here for college. No, so. no, I went through a military academy in Australia. So not only was I, um, uh, not only was only I in college, but I was actually p- getting paid to go to college. So um, the opportunity to uh, to drink non worst ever beer is is it was actually there. So D- didn't you say Foster's is like the one of the worst Australian beers? There's a reason we export it. Yeah, yeah, they don't keep it. You know, they don't <laughs> drink it in Australia. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the only one I know. I think. That's, <laughs> that's, I, no, that's a, I, I know the commercial. They so. got a, they got a great uh, yeah great marketing team then because that's all we know. We we expect that that's the the quality of Australian beer. Well, I I think Do like they, they um, have like local craft beer kind of things yeah i was gonna say the or breweries i always remember you know back from my very earliest memories there was like the beer commercials on tv and and there were the certain big breweries and then there was like carlton united breweries which is the budweiser or the you know whatever but i always remember as i was starting to get out into the world and drink a little bit more that australia had the same approach to craft beer that america has as well i I don't know where, where the waves hit or anything else like that but I always remember there being these these great microbrews in the city and, and great craft beers and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, for as long as I can remember, I've always, I don't know, been on the lookout for, for good beers and good breweries as well. And, and that's one of the greatest parts about moving to this part of the world because it seems wherever you go, there's some great microbrewery. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's some, I mean, gosh, I think half the beers that, that Paul brings over every time we seem to get together for a barbecue and you get like a... Um, uh, a shock top or a, a double IPA from somewhere in Vermont or something like this. And, and it, there was always some super, super beer that you always seem to have on, on lock somewhere. But. Well, that's, that's it. Like, I don't like to drink bad beer. I don't like to drink bad whiskey. You know, like if you're going to do it, do it. If not, then I don't do it. So I haven't, you know. I haven't gotten to the whiskey. Oh. I still have. It hasn't hit my. my it's because you're, you're still an early parent. I, yeah, <laughs> I know. I, got, I, I, think, I like you like how this conversation went from parenting I, to drinking. I, I like know. like I in know. two minutes. It's kind of natural, right? That's like a natural flow. The uh, no, like wine. I love wine. I love a good wine, but I haven't hit the uh, the whiskey's not there yet. So I don't I don't drink enough. I think to. Uh, well, I was going to say there's there's that new place. Oh, isn't it? There's a distillery down the road now. Like they do Wolfjaw oh, whiskey. The, there's one on the base, I think. Yeah, there's a couple of you know, <clears throat> local distilleries as well, which makes, I mean, this, this goes into back into your hashtag local matters, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, with the idea that, I mean, there's, there's all of these little sort of niche businesses popping up around the place and they're all, you know, the, the whiskey and the vodka that came out of that place was really quite amazing. The one down here? I don't know where it is. I thought, actually. It, was, I, I thought it was right down. Th- it was there's a, one, actually, no, there's one here and there's one, I want to, s- I might have it wrong. Is it the Turnpike? Is it? 
I don't know. I, I, know. I can't. All like, I know is I, I there, there was, was a one going out at west. One of the farmers markets um, that we had last summer, and I ended up buying a couple of bottles of it. But uh, it was really good, and for local, yeah. you sort of. Yeah, I drove. I literally drove by. I think it the other day, and I can't remember what it is. It's going out west. It's going like probably Altona, Ellenburg area. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but and I, th- I think there's one on the base back here. Yeah, like a smaller production. I don't know that. I don't know the name. I don't. I don't drink a lot of whiskey, so I'm sure it's good. I hope it's good. I mean, I hope they do well, but yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know the. Um, yeah. But I must admit, like you know, there's uh, you know when you if you think about all of the um, the brewing places around here. There's Platteswick Brewing or, or Lake City or, or Sable or Oval. Um, there are so many good craft beers around here to drink. Why would you ever sort of stop and drink some mass-produced, bottled, whatever yeah, it was? Well, I guess everyone's got their everyone's got their well, I drink think of choice. The uh, like the the craft beers, like if I'm going out for dinner or having a couple drinks, usually that that which is me right now, like go home. But if I'm like going out, which happens like once a year, then I I don't get into that because it's a sh- Makes for a very short night. <laughs> then, then you got to drink the the, uh, the mass produced just quick. You can yeah. drink for qu- 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 uh, quantity, not quality, at that point. So I haven't done that in a long time. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, I'm slowly, I'm much more into just like one or two pints, and then uh, then you call it a night. Well, you got to be careful. Call it a night at nine. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, for sure. You got to be careful with some of those craft beers that have like you know nine and ten and twelve percent alcohol. You know, you have oh. one or two of those, and yeah, you think you drank a lot more than you did. Yeah. Yeah, usually yeah, one or two hit you pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so usually, um, and then you got to get up in the morning and deal with the kids, deal right? With the kids. So. Right. Well, I right. think that, that inevitably that's the night one of them gets sick. <laughs> <laughs> see, that hasn't happened yet, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think that's what usually hedges me against doing anything nowadays. Right, it's just right. like I got to wake up or I have to, I have to deal with something tomorrow. And a clear head makes it better than a a foggy head dealing for with sure, that for kind sure. of stuff. For sure. Um, so, um, Paul, since I haven't seen you since our last podcast, what, what's what's been? Uh, I, th- I think you said that you've been just kind of juggling kid thing, right? Yeah. Anything? Yeah. Anything new? Anything that we've learned? Anything that we've learned? Oh man! Like you just mean like life in general, or what? Just in general? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You're, you're always you always you always I don't know. You always end up bringing something up. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess um, I. So my wife, um, we talked CrossFit a lot last time. She's getting really back uh, into training mode. Like we were kind of off that and sort of, you know, kind of like you've said where you you get there when you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we've refocused. We got a goal for the fall. um, And that's been a lot of fun because we do a lot of, uh, you know, kind of mindset training and and how you approach life. And I really think that that mindset training, one, um, you know, refocuses me. You know, you kind of rethink what you're doing. Um, I got a message from uh, Craig the other day about, you know, books on leadership and philosophy, uh, you know, team building, those kinds of things. And so it's been fun because I've been looking through all my old stuff to just kind of, hey, what, what what's good out there? And so that's been a lot of fun because I really like talking to her about, you know, how you approach things and how you approach things in the gym versus life and how oftentimes those things are the same. So that's been a lot of fun, um, sort of refocusing the training and refocusing the brain and um, that spills over into what I've been talking to my daughter about, you know, and that's, so that's been a lot of fun, you know, really focusing in on what you can control, what you can't control, uh, understanding the difference between those two things and really throwing yourself into, into something. Are you, are you a note taker when you read? Um, do you jot, do you like make notes and tabs and underlines and things? Uh, sometimes, sometimes yeah. I, I've gotten out of the habit a bit. Um, I used to do that a lot more, uh, when I was in school, but now it's, um, 
No, not so much, I guess, anymore. Power through it. I, yeah. I'm always, I, I, I start to kind of, not so much, every once in a while I'll jot stuff down, but usually it's kind of like an underline because I kind of want to get all the, like I have a, I like books, I like reading books, but like they, they all end up just becoming like scrap textbooks by the end of the time they're done. Meaning like I couldn't like resell them or give them to somebody because right. that marks all over them. But, um, cause I want it as like a, for me, kind of a quick reference where I can like knowing that I could pull out like a two to 300 page book and I can kind of flip through it in probably 20 minutes and gather most of the ideas that I thought were like takeaways. Right. So I don't know if that's helped or not. I, I've, I haven't really gone, gone back through many, but every once in a while I've reread some. So then I'm like, I'm just going to jot down notes, which will save the process of having to reread it over a few weeks, you know, and I that's can, a good point. I can kind of, I can kind of do the, my own little cliff notes version of what at least I think it's important. Cause a lot of it's, a lot of the stuff gets repetitive, but like just a line here or like a paragraph there seems like it kind of brings, you know, like I find like for me, if you, you buy it, say you buy a book for like 15 bucks, 20 bucks, it's like if you can get one good idea out of it, it's totally worth it. So that's my, that's always my thought going in is to grab one like long standing book idea. Absolutely. Uh, you give me a book ahead. No, it, jot it, down notes on it. It in- instantly twigs to me because you know often I'll go through and I'll, I'll sort of highlight passages or something. But that's what you're looking for, isn't it? You're looking for that. It's not just finding an idea, but it's actually taking that idea and turning it into some sort of executable habit. That's so, it. So, mm-hmm. and that's that's the trick. So often when I'm reading a book, I'm I'm writing down how I think I could apply this. Um, uh, Paul gave me the the Tom Roth book. Um, and again, sort of reading that in terms of, uh, you know, work or life or my team or whatever it happens to be um, and trying to dis- distill that down to a, a usable idea that I then understand well enough that it becomes habit in my daily life. And maybe I have to come back to it a few times, um, but being able to all of a sudden make that part of my personal philosophy that's automatic rather than something I have to sort of constantly go away and think about. That's the trick about you know, that's why I love those books because it, it, it allows you to adjust your personal philosophy or it allows you to um, to come up with something that you can do every day that, that is executable and is a habit. Because, um, I mean, I, I love to read, but, uh, you know, I don't know how many of those ideas over the years have, have truly become part of what I do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think that's an interesting point because a lot of times when people talk about personal philosophies or things like that, uh, you don't realize that it's practice, right? So mm-hmm. you, you think practice, you think you go to the soccer field, you practice, or you go to the gym and you practice. And you, But mindset and, and personal philosophy, and if you don't make it, if you're not conscious of it and, and think about, oh, this is what I'm talking about, this is what this means, this is what this means, and come back to it until it becomes habit, you know, you, it's practice. That's mm-hmm. what makes that's what makes those things uh, stick. And if they if you don't practice them, they go away. And that's been it's it's interesting because I don't think a lot of people think that you practice mindset, but you really do. Like whatever whatever that is, I'm you know not saying that it's got to be a particular mindset, but whatever you want that to be, however you approach things, you you got to practice. You got to be conscious of it until it becomes unconscious. Hmm. Yeah, evolving kind of yeah. evolving thought or evolving thoughts. I. Part of it we talked about like that. The biggest mindset training for me was always the gym, and I've slacked off on the gym, and I found mentally on certain things, things start slipping a little bit with like kind of like certain things are good, but it could even be like a little thing about waking up and not hitting an alarm, or it could be something about, you know, obviously like food and and, and that, but it could be something where like you're just working on a project and your mind might just kind of like get a little bit weak where it's I don't want to finish that, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do the extra hard step where I'm usually from the background of just like harder, 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 you know, yeah. hurts, go more kind of deal. So that, that's one thing I've seen a direct correlation with. It's got to get better, but that's, I thought it was one of the best mind, 
set trainings, even though you, you were going in thinking it was more of a physical training. I think it was both, but mindset overtook that, I think, in the long run when you really get deep down. And, um, but, yeah, just constant involve, or evolving thoughts. So I'm always trying to improve better than I was yesterday in some aspect of my life. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, there's two two things that sort of stick with me, uh, some, you know, when I'm going through or when I need to do something that it is difficult. Uh, so I don't know who or where this came from, but one of my favorite things is the only way out is through, right? So whatever I'm doing, like if I'm, if it's miserable, like the only way to get it done is to just get through it, get it done, whatever that is. If it's enjoyable, sure, it's easy to do that. But so I like that a lot. Um, and then there's a, there's actually um, a Robert Frost poem that I'm not necessarily sure that this was the intent of the poem, but I, I think once you put something out into the world, people have their, their mm-hmm. right to interpret that. Um, but it's the one stopping in a snowy wood. I don't know if you've ever heard heard two of that one. Two, two roads to no, no, not that I was one. I say the one everybody knows. Yeah, it it's this one. At, at the end of it, um, you know, so it's about this, this person who's riding like a little carriage through the woods, and they stop and they see this house. And at the end of the, um, the, the poem, he recites the lines... Um, and I have miles to go before I sleep and promises to keep. And my first Ragnar race ever, Ragnar is an overnight relay race with a bunch of people in a van. You run 200 miles. Uh, we did that from, um, we did that. Oh, look at that. Our fact check I forgot, guy. I forgot we actually I have, we have, I forgot a guy. We have a fact check guy. We got a guy. <laughs> uh, stopping, by the wo- uh, stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening by Robert Frost. Yes. So the final, the final couple of lines there. Um, were always spoke to me because one, I was about to run through the Adirondacks for 48 hours. So there was that, but that miles to go, you know, before I sleep is just an interesting, was an interesting refrain when it was mile four or five, like quite, quite literally mile four or five in a run. And I'm like, okay, crap. I still have like six miles to run. Um, but then it translate after a while, when you start to, you have that mantra that you put over and over in your head, like that's true. Like I got a lot still to do and there's a lot that I want to do. And there's a lot, and so that's always stuck with me as well. Those are two things that just sort of kind of burrowed in my head and get get me through when it's when I, it's time. I've always um, – maybe we can call this like the Murph philosophy. Anytime I'm like doing something that seems long and tedious, when you look at it like at, at the, in the whole scope, it's overwhelming. And then I always – like it always comes back to just like, like the next step or the next yeah. movement or the next thought or the next action. So to me, it's I always try to take – a huge problem and just bring it right down to literally the easiest step you could do, which is just like the next small mini step. And I just knowing that, like, as you just kind of keep climbing up the stairs, you eventually will get there. But it's interesting but, how, how taking those small elements of something that you found, um, becomes almost, uh, almost a philosophy in and of itself. It's interesting that you talked about that poem. The one that always stuck out to me was, um, Invictus by um, love, William Henley. love that. Now, I, I mean, I first came into contact with that through the film, which was about the Rugby World Cup and Nelson Mandela. But it was always, um, the la- again, the last two lines, uh, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. Yeah. And it always, it, it always spoke to that, that point again, which is um, you know, somehow getting through it, somehow finding a way. Um, and it ties in with so many other stuff. So uh, you, know, you just talked about distilling it down. And I mean, you know, it's the simple concept, like how do you eat an, eat an elephant? one bite at a time it's, right um and it's always it's always how do you distill it down to what's next what's the next step i have to take how do i get through the next thing um and there's something you know, i mean there's always you know talk about living in the moment versus living with the future or something like that but but that's what it comes down to isn't it it's yeah. like what's the next thing today and how do you make sure that um when everything's a priority you can still pick out um 
what the best thing is, what, what the best next step is to make sure that everything's going to work out in the end. Yeah, well, it takes a lifetime to do that, I think, right? I, I, I don't, mean, yeah. I've got a lot of years of practice. You know, people, people are always like, you know, you know how, do you, how do you approach, how, do you, how did you learn to approach that? It was like 20 years of screwing up. That's it. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, you, you learn not to make the mistakes you did. Yeah, or, you know, there's another, there's another I, I read a lot, um, and there's a, there's a lot, another little, little nugget of wisdom that uh, someone said, well, you know, you, you live and you learn, well, you live anyway. Like, learning is a choice almost, right? Like, you can blunder through your life, make the same mistakes every day. Yeah. Hopefully, you don't. Hopefully, you take something away and you make a little bit different mistake the next day. Yeah, unfortunately, the lessons that tend to teach you the most are often the most painful ones, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Um, I've drank a lot of black coffee. This is a side note, but I'm like, if you ever drink coffee and inside your stomach is like, there's like so much lead acid, whatever, in the coffee <laughs> that my stomach seems like it has a hole in it. I'm like, I'm like sitting here right now. I'm like, I... No, sorry. Side, side note. I'm still going to drink it. It's black coffee. All of a sudden, I'm like, I've really drank too much coffee the last like three days. Right. I think I finished drinking coffee last night at like 10 at night. I had, I had to go to a function last night, and then uh, I still had coffee in my cup. It was about a half-hour ride back, so I drank it on the way home, which didn't make any sense because I went to bed about 20 minutes later. But, yeah, sorry. That was side, side note. But, but here we are. Black coffee. We're just plugging through. Yeah. Black coffee. Dadhood black right coffee. here. Seven thirty in the morning. Black, there we go. Black, black coffee, seven thirty in the morning. That is that is parenthood right there. That's it. Yeah, um I, I only put uh, I think we talked about this. I only put cream in my coffee if I go to Dunkin' Donuts or if I go to like uh like a function like last night where it's a, a mass produced, very weak coffee that you're just kinda like you gotta add to it, but usually, usually most coffee's black. You're you're a black guy, right? Yeah, yeah. You I do? tend to drink it black. I was gonna say, I think we yeah. all do. Yeah, I train. I trained myself. To, I think I may have said that before. I trained myself to drink black coffee because I always wanted to. I always needed coffee, mm-hmm. and you could always guarantee there was coffee, but you couldn't guarantee there was cream or sugar. Yeah. So I just learned to drink black coffee. I was, so I was the same. You know. <laughs> well, I actually did it. I, I did it for the fact that if somebody was to go get me coffee, and if I was to say cream and sugar, it would not be like the coffee snob but it wouldn't be proportionate to what i want so when i can just say black coffee it's just give me whatever comes out of the spout we'll, we'll, we'll take we'll take two we'll take two of the variables away and i'll have a really very simplified coffee it was funny it, uh, growing up in australia it was it was very much a cafe culture um you know seemed to be cafes everywhere and they all did you know relatively good coffee and, and sort of sandwiches and and you know little things like that but because it was very uh european influenced it was it was very very much an espresso culture um, so you grow up drinking those sort of short black shots of, of espresso rather than, you know, these, these sort of gigantic venti, you know, everything coffees that they seem to have over here. And, and it's not to say one, one or the other is better. It's just what I grew up with. So, you know, it was always black coffee for me. It's like the short, quick hit. Yeah. Punch right in the face. The, is there a different bean? Because I have an espresso machine at home that I'm not very good at using. Is there a different style of bean or is it just a pa- you just pack in? I usually just pack in ground coffee. The, 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 grind, the grind is different. I know that. So on our grinder, we we set it differently depending on what kind of coffee. Yes. Um, but yeah, then I mean Willow. Willow's the she's got everything she, set up. Does right she now. use the same one um, for an espresso machine? Yeah, we use the same. I think we do the maybe, same kind maybe, of beans. Oh, I don't know if maybe it's not, different or if it's just. The, I might have just made that up. <clears throat> yeah, might be different coffee. Hey, can you lo- actually? Can you look this up? I forgot. We got, we got you. Just ask. Is espresso beans? Or, or for and to make espresso, can you use the same beans as making a drip coffee? Because I usually just pack it down a little more, a little more concentrated, and just let the water drip right through, and then it becomes a nice little 
Oh, here we foam go. Foam little... Uh, the difference between coffee and espresso has to do with the method of preparation, starting with the beans themselves. Coffee beans designated for espresso are generally roasted for a longer time. Different beans. Than the beans meant for drip coffee. So, yes, there is, in fact, a okay. difference. I, I, mean, I got to get... I don't make enough espresso, so I, I got to... I got a mini, I call it my coffee bar. It's not. In the future, future I will have a nice little coffee station. But uh, I've overtaken part of my kitchen. Um, so I want to get that. But there's just this cool coffee pot. I think I told, maybe told one of you guys. It boils the coffee up to like 200. Let's say boils. But it brings the coffee up to 200 degrees when you pour through it, which is better than like the drip coffee. I have a oh, very yeah. cheap, I have a very cheap like Mr. Coffee or whatever those things are. So I think it's time to get to the big boy level and actually get a good quality. And it comes into like a big... <clears throat> insulated thermos so it stays hot for a while so that might be my splurge of of the year but it's yeah, we've got a coffee we got everything french press <clears throat> i'm losing my voice here or something french press <laughs> pour over drip coffee espresso maker like I, I need a pour over i think that one's yeah you can take that awesome i don't even know if that's open um so yes i i you know love a love a good coffee but the the drip coffee's there in case you know like we wake up early to work out and you know doing doing a pour over or something takes a little bit of time when you just need like a shot of caffeine before you jump out into the lifting weights at five o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. See, that was, that was always my struggle because both of you tend to do early gym workouts, right? So you do the 5.30 class or something like that. I plan to do early ones. It's, it's 50-50. But yes, if I do go, yes. it's early. You know? But it was, it was like, I don't know what it is, like whether it was because I was you know working like before or I was up with the kids or something like that. But the concept of actually dragging my sorry ass out of bed at that time of the morning and then immediately hitting a workout that is something that is mentally such a... I mean, when I'm done, absolutely brilliant. I, I feel like, you know, a million bucks and the world's the greatest run thing. Run through and, the wall. And, yeah. and I can yeah. run through the wall. But actually that, that period of getting out of, out of bed and hitting the start of the workout at that time in the morning is the most mentally demanding thing I think I've ever had to, had to cope with. I just... It's a well, struggle. I, I pack everything in the morning. So there's no prep. Like I wake up, clothes, bag, whatever I need is there. The, the, the hardest part for me is... I think I've said before is the going to bed part. It's not the getting up part. If I can go to bed and I can get like six and a half to seven hours, I can get up and go. Anything less than that, I am, I'll get my six or seven hours, but it'll come at the expense of not going to the gym. So I'll sleep in an extra hour, hour and a half. So, um, it was yes, a good idea, but it didn't work out. Yeah. So the 10, I, I, every day of my schedule, I have, I literally have go to sleep by 10 PM. And that's usually the, the appointment of my day that I do not actually keep on time so that, that usually will slide back to maybe like 11 11 30 and next thing you know i go eight days without going to the gyms which is right right now so we'll see how tomorrow morning goes but you've got the gym uh, paul you got the gym set up in your garage now right we do yeah which makes it a little easier so do you still work out in the mornings or yes we do because there's so much going on in the evenings that if we don't it's gone like the, the day is gone so you know it's so easy. even it's, with the gym at home, you're still yeah. a sort of five thirty in the morning. Well, person. It, it makes it easier. I mean, I get up, I don't have to go anywhere. Like mm -hmm. I get up, I sit on the couch for a half hour, I go out in the garage for a half hour, 40 minutes, come back in, take a shower off to work. I go. So it works out pretty well. What, um, what time do your kids wake up? Uh, let's see. Six forty-five. Yeah. Six forty-five. So I was always thinking that like get, that's the best thing about the morning. You get up and get done before anybody gets up. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, my, my household, they're looking like between seven and eight kind of deal. So usually like I, I go work out, go back, come from the gym, do the whole thing, shower, eat, and then kind of see them for a little bit before I take off. So it's like, yeah. In the summertime that changes, obviously when school's not in session, they sleep, they sleep a lot later. My, my son gets up and he's, he, they're, they're so different. My son gets up and like hits the ground running, like, and he's like ready to go, whatever's got to happen. 
uh, the teenager not so much. <laughs> so, you know, it's like a it's like a slow process where we go from getting up out of bed to laying on the couch underneath blankets so you don't see her at all to, you know, going back upstairs to get changed for 20 minutes to so there's a process there. But my son is he's he's quick. As soon as he hits as soon as his feet hit the floor, he's I, ready. I remember um he's what? 9? Nine? 9, yeah. I remember at that age I used to take a shower in about 90 seconds. It was enough to kind of jump in, wash my hair, and just like pretend I was doing it and jump out. I remember, uh, I don't know what, what it was. I usually, it was so fast, my parents would be like, did you even shower? I'm like, yeah, I didn't hear the water run. Like, you know, yeah. but, so I can, I can kind of see, I think I was probably the same way, just. Yeah. Well, I, I think my, my kids are just starting to hit that preteen period where uh, you, you've got three things. Um, being on time, uh, getting everything done in the morning in terms of showering and breakfast and everything else, and yelling. Right. Pick, pick two. Right. You can't have three. Um, <laughs> and yelling. <laughs> so you, you either have yelling and getting everything done, but then you're going to be late. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, oh, sorry, or no, yeah, sorry, no yelling is the other one, but essentially pick two. Like, you, you can't have all three. You can't have no yelling, everything done and on time. It's not going to work. I'm right. sorry. Right. And get comfortable with that idea because, you know, otherwise you're just going to spend the rest of your life yelling. And even, even the concept of on time. Like, so, <laughs> so for me, I am, I'm ridiculous. Like, if I'm not early, I'm late. Right? I agree. So yeah, you're so, always early. So for me, like being on time means getting there before you're supposed to be there, whatever, whatever that means. There are different philosophies in my household when it comes to being on time and what time is at all. Like currently the teenagers, like it's a construct. We don't have to worry about it. It's like, <laughs> stop learning things. Because <laughs> um, so yeah, so for us, it's always a, that's where our argument happens regardless, because like, I'm always like, we're going to be late. And everyone else is like, we've got 20 minutes. I was like, yes, but we have travel time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. well, there, there's always you got to have the buffer in there too, which is I've I've found is I'm a very punctual person. I try to get here like every once in a while. I'll be like one or two minutes late, and then I feel like I like stole time from somebody because I'm like, I'm so sorry I wasn't. And um, but I found that there's always like a buffer, so it's like okay, we got to be there for five. Let's you know, all of a sudden four fifteen turns to four thirty five, turns into like we're twenty minutes out, and same thing. So. Um, I think that's just naturally what's going to happen because all my friends with kids, majority of them, same thing. There's there's always a probably a ten percent delay on the time they're supposed to be there. Yeah, it's it's one of those things though. It's it, the intention's nothing, good, but it there's nothing quite as selfish as a as a teenager or a preteen mm. um, in in terms of their worldview. Um, and, and certainly they can expand it. So it's not to say that they're horrible, but you know, it's like talking to my kids in the morning, and, the, and I'll be like, all right, we have to be out of the door by seven twenty so that I can drop you off at school and then get to work and be on time. Because I've got meetings and I've got people who are demand, you know, demanding my time as well. And, you know, it's sort of they're rolling out to the car at, you know, 28 past, 30 past, something like that. And I'm like, what, what level of annoyance do I have to reach before you're going to listen to me and, and tell me what, I, what I'm doing? I mean, just tell me now so I can just ramp up to that and we can get it done. Because eventually it's going to happen. Let's, let's just move to that and, and get to it. And they're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I mean, it's 7.30. You can still get us to school on time. How far are they from school? Oh, I mean, it's, it's like 10, 12 minutes. It's not far. How far of a walk? I was actually hitting that point. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be in the car. It, it's almost to the point where if, if you're not in the car, I'm, I'm not taking you to school. And then you can deal with your mom. In which case, good luck to you, sir. Um, <laughs> good luck to it you, was, sir. It was, it was very nice knowing you. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's that moment. Like, but we don't have to leave the house. I mean, it's only 10 minutes to school. We don't have to leave the house. I'm only going to be at school at 7.50. I'm like, that's not the point. And you sort of have to, you know, almost reset your patience levels to go, 
I've explained this to you 17 times already. Um, how many more times are we going down this path? And All the times. Why do you get so mad, Dad? <laughs> like, well, it's like this. Well, I, I just I just found out, and I, th- I found out basically within the year that your brain doesn't fully develop till they're 25. Something like that, yes. And so what I what I looked at, again, I'm on the very low, low, low spectrum. He's one. He's one. So I, I like, he's kind of sitting there and, He's doing stuff, and I know he's a one-year-old, but then I'm already in my head prepping, just saying, like, he just doesn't understand me, and it's just natural. And then I, the <clears> thing <throat> is, I know when he's going to get to, like, five, we the same thing, and 10, and then, like, 15, I'm going to be like, they, they still don't understand. I'll give them, ten, like, 10 more years, so i got to almost, like, step back and just realize, like, they're, they just really don't comprehend, like you said, the time aspect, because they just they're, they're just... No, I, I don't know what, period, what point it is, though, and I, I can't remember it being a specific time or anything else. But at some point, your parents, you realize how, how good of friends you are with your parents. Or I got lucky in that case, in that I'm, I'm really close and I, I quite enjoy hanging out with my parents these days. And I was a typical teenager like anybody. I mean, I, you know, I couldn't get away fast enough from the family. I wanted to go do my own thing and, and I'd get on my bike and go or something like that. But um, at some point, you know, my mum and my dad became two of my best friends. Uh, and it's always those sort of long-winding conversations over over drinks or food or something like that and hearing about their life philosophy or something like that. But at some point, that became fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what, what point that was. I mean, I, I'd have to say it was... It was somewhere in the crossover between when, teenagehood and adulthood. When, when you could start affording the good whiskey again? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> that's exactly right. Mom and dad can come back home now. <laughs> I don't think half the time I was going home just to enjoy that good whiskey, to be honest. But, uh, right, well, it's brought you back. But, um, but it's also interesting when you can start having those philosophical conversations with your parents. And like you say, when it's, it's, it's funny watching your kids when they start being interested in what you're interested in. Uh, and it's a really weird crossover point where you start talking to them as if you were talking to one of your friends or one of your peers or something like that, and them talking back at you in the same in the same sort of mode. It's yeah. Um, it, it's one of those nice things that happens when your kids start to to grow, get a little perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, all the different parts, like when they're one, and you know, you can barely just kind of keep them where they are and. Not jumping it's like off trying to nail down a wave. <laughs> right, not, not trying to jump off of something or whatever. Um, my favorite, uh, I, knew, I knew we were in trouble with the, with the first child. Uh, my favorite story, um, she was like three or four, and we were driving downtown. I was, um, you know, it was a frustrating day, and, you know, I just, just, I just couldn't sort of reframe what was going on. And uh, so I, I yelled, right? I turned around, she was in the car seat, and I, and I yelled. And so everything got quiet in the car for a second. And then she looked at me and she said, you will never talk that way to me again. And she was like four. And I was like, <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, but yes, it, it, eventually they all come around and all the different stages. And, you know, like when she was three, she was going to be an only child. We were like, I don't know how we're going to do this again. <laughs> but even but, that, they're so different. Like, um, you know, it's an interesting thing. You know, three kids, two kids they grow up in the same household, but it's not the same household, right? So two kids with the same parents in the same house can be so totally different. It's an amazing thing to see, you know, because kids are very, like my kids, they're five years apart, just about, and they're so different. Um, It's pretty neat to see, you know? 
with my uh, you guys, excuse me, you guys both know Isaac, right? So his, mm-hmm. his son, the other day they sent this group thing out. So Ethan's probably like eight, maybe, and he's sitting there and he's doing um, he's he's imitating Isaac. So he's sitting there and he goes, "This is what happens when Isaac gets mad at Scarlett, which is his wife's daughter." So he goes, he's like, "Scarlett." You no, you can't do that anymore, or whatever, whatever the case was. And all of a sudden, he goes, Ethan goes, ten seconds later, Scarlett, get in your room now. <laughs> and he's doing it identical. And he goes, and he goes, you do it again. I'm taking, I'm taking that away, or something like that. And he goes, twenty seconds later, <laughs> or twenty minutes later, I'm sorry, Scarlett. I'm not <laughs> going to take anything. Here you go. You can have it back. I'm sorry. I, I, I was out of line. And he's doing this whole thing. He's eight years old, and we're bursting out laughing. We're watching this thing. I probably have watched it 20 times. And literally the whole time I'm sitting there in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, this sounds just – it's literally Isaac as an eight-year-old with the same voice and mannerisms, and he's spot on. But it's so funny. He's, like, imitating. And, of course, Isaac's taping it, and he's just dying laughing. He's just, like, trying not to, trying not to laugh over the, what he's actually been said. But I can't wait till you get to that point where the kids actually – they know you so well that they can kind of just like get under your skin. Not really get under your skin, but they can. Yeah, he's like making fun of the old man at that at that point. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Isaac's a kid himself, so he's just dying laughing. It's yeah. hilarious. I love it when they when they come back with the things that you say, like you know, just well, expressions that you use. They pay attention way more than you give credit for. Like absolutely right. So you know, it's well, it's it's funny that they can do that at such. I've, I've noticed with the little guy because we'll be we'll sit in there and he's when he gets done eating. Of course, he's a good eater. He gets done eating, he starts throwing food down for a dog, or he'll like throw. He's very big into these shaker bottles right now. He loves them. So for some reason, that's his favorite thing. So he's sitting there and he'll just turn and throw something down. I'm like, crew, you can't do that. He looks at me and goes, <laughs> throws <"Fuck."> it again. <laughs> and of course, I, I'm in my head. I'm like trying not to laugh because I'm like. That's actually pretty funny, but yep. I'm like, buddy, you got you to be on the same team as me right now. You can't do this, but... Um, no, I think a friend of mine posted that meme on Facebook the other week, um, which was something along the lines of, uh, you haven't seen parenthood until you flipped off your kid behind their back. <laughs> or something like that. So, you know. I know. We used to, when when our son was four or five, same, same thing. It's that three to five age that's really uh, an interesting one. Uh, we'd go out to eat, and when he was done eating, he would take his food and throw it over his shoulder. Uh, the first time he did that, we didn't think to put his back to the... So anytime we would go to a restaurant oh. after we realized, we'd be like, I'm sorry, we have to... But he needs to sit with his back to the wall and we'll clean up the mess. <laughs> Same thing, though. He'd look at you and just be like, boop, and just give you the look. And like, yeah, I'm going to throw this because I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, that, that, that's coming was, for sure. Maybe he was younger than that. Maybe he was two. But he was, you know, it's, it's funny. No, it's, it's, it's all... It's funny I mean, looking back. It's not yeah. funny at the time. <laughs> <Or it's, laughs> hey, 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 Galen, looking forward, this is what to expect. It's, well, no, it's, it's, it's all the weird things. Like, you don't realize what you say. So, um, I can't remember where the story comes from, but uh, kid shopping cart blocked lane at the supermarket. And the kid turns around and goes, pick a lane, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> to another person? To another person. Oh, that's great. That's gravy right there. And, and at that point, you realize, you know, uh, maybe maybe there's some road rage happening yeah. that the kid's viewing. And, and many, oh, God, how many people do they actually look at in a car? And, oh, God, it's me. <laughs> Unfortunately, that one wasn't me. But but there's been a few times where, um, you know, when your kid pulls you up short and says, but, you know, and they go down the but why path. And you're like, uh, I, I genuinely don't have the explanation. And that's the point where your parents come out of your mouth along with something like, because I just told you that. Right. Because I'm your father. Because right. I'm your father. Listen, kid, I don't have a fact checker with me right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that it's is. Right. Take my, just, take just, my word for like, it. How come? Why? 
Why? Why? But it's one of those extraordinary revelations of of, uh, of young adulthood is is one realizing that your parents don't know everything, right? Um, or or realizing or, or the other realization is is thinking that they don't know everything, and then suddenly realizing they know a lot more than you might think. Yeah. Um, and there's those stages that you go through, and it's interesting watching your kids go through those same stages. Um, it's just a never-ending fascination, isn't it? Yeah. And as and as annoying and frustrating, and and you know sometimes completely you know, mind-blowing experience as parenthood is. Um, it, it, sometimes you look back on those moments and, it, and it's almost like having a revelation in and of itself, um, you know, watching your kids go through some of these things. And, and I think the hardest thing, you know, the forever the hardest thing about parenthood is always letting your kids make their own mistakes. Yes. And, and trying to find a balance between protecting them enough that they're not going to get themselves killed, but at the same time, letting them learn those painful lessons and picking them up afterwards and dusting them off and everything else like that. And, and especially when you can see it coming from a mile off and you know what's going to happen and you know it's going to end badly. And you're like, all right, well, I'll, I'll be here when, when everything goes to hell. You just come and see me and yep. yeah. go from there. It, it is. It's peculiar. Parenthood is peculiar. <laughs> Although life in general is peculiar, so I suppose at the end of the day. True. <laughs> um, but, I, but again, it, it's that thing that wends itself through so much of, of the conversations that we seem to have. Uh, and it always talks about, you know, I wish I'd known this 10 years ago. But if I'd known this 10 years ago, I wouldn't be in the position that I am now. Right, right. Um, I, I, 100%. I am who I am because of every choice I've made up until this point and all the people that I've known and all the things that I've done and... I'm pretty comfortable with who I am right now. So, you know, like rock and roll. Right? I heard this the other day. Someone was talking. They go, when, when everybody always says, would you change things differently? And they're like, well, there's things that I like wish I kind of hadn't done, but I'm glad I did it because now I'm here and my life's awesome kind of deal. Where yeah. it's like, you know, I, there's you point to stuff and I'm like, eh, I wish you didn't hang with that person or meet that person or do that thing or say that thing or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm a big believer in like, things are kind of they just work out for the right reason like there's a reason you did something stupid there's a reason you met somebody there's a reason you said something like even even not good things i'm always like i know I, maybe this is just the optimist in me i'm just like that wasn't good but it, hopefully it's i either learn from it or it may, maybe it's not as bad as i think and I, I i become a better my life gets better even though it was a dumb thing or something yeah, bad. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't know. I, 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 but it was a good good perspective, and they just said, well, you know, it, things I would have liked to change, but if I would have changed them, they might have ended differently, or things might be different today. Yeah, you'd be a different person. It's like the, uh, what is that, the, the butterfly effect, right? The butterfly flaps its wings over here, and there's a ter- tornado over there. Same kind of thing. Like all the things, if you would have changed that piece of your life, you might not be doing what you're doing now, you know? I mean. Well, it's even like moving, like, or, or. I mean, I've, I've met some really good friends because they happened to move here or I happened yeah. to visit them there and ran into them. And then, like, I always look like one little, like, turn this way or that way. You never would have met that person or done that thing. Cause I, I mean, I look at, well, I don't know as much about you, but you had said the same thing. Like, you met your wife in New York City. Mm-hmm. Like, if he didn't go to New York City, he's not, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many, like, random encounters that are, it's kind of weird to look back on, but I think it's cool. Right. Oh, agreed. It was. It's. It's one of those strange things that. Like, what, uh, what made you go to New York City? Because you were. Because you were in the military. Uh, I was in the military. I had a period of leave, and my parents were living in Italy. Um, and and at the time, it was almost like they said, "You can come to Italy and hang with us, but we're not actually going to be there. We're like in the middle of a bunch of stuff with work." And and I knew that was going on, so I said uh, I was getting together with a friend, and 
we had this big trip down the east coast of the u.s plan so we we're gonna start in new york and fly out of miami like six weeks later and then in the lead up to the trip he broke his leg and couldn't make it hmm. and through friends of a friends i'd known i'd been you know off and on texting with karen for a long time um oh this is prior so this this was well prior to that Wait, trip. where did you meet her well I actually met her in New York City. It was literally, um, I was in, I was going to be in New York City and I'm like, who do I know there? Because all of a sudden I'm going to be on my own in New York City and traveling through the US. I'm, you know, I'm going to catch up with a few people. And uh, and so I called up Karen and said, hey, look, uh, why don't we just grab a coffee or something like that? And I don't know anybody in New York. You can tell me a little bit about where to go and what to do and what's cool. And, uh, and she said, where are you staying? And I, I, I this it was going to be this hotel downtown. Um, she's like, that'll be ridiculous. Just come and crash on my couch. And um, I'm like, great. Uh, it, so I met her the, literally the first day I landed and after that, never made it past New York city. <laughs> and, and never made it past the couch. <laughs> no, literally. Uh, did, did, uh, no, but how did you know her prior to New York city? Um, I'd been introduced to her, uh, via email for, from a friend of mine. Like uh, me and a friend were having this argument, oddly enough, over a, a philosophical discussion over books or something like this. And, uh, and this friend of mine went, don't worry. I know someone who can settle this argument. Um, and so we get together and I'm chatting with Karen and I kid you not, she called me a jerk the first, you know, three times in the first hour we ever spoke. Yeah. And I totally did that too. I called him a jerk at least a couple of times. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> and so, I just called him off air. That's, that's probably <laughs> not, that, that's actually not far from the truth. But, but you know, we, we sort of had this, you know, this, uh, the, you know, we'd sort of email each other and, and text each other. And it was just one of these conversations that had, you know, it was this conversation that had stretched out over, well, it was probably a year before I actually met her. And, I, you know, it wasn't like I ever went there with any expectations. It was just, um, hey, I'm going to New York. Hey, it'd be great to finally meet in person. And something clicked. And, and the, you know, so we did the long distance thing. And I was every time I was taking leave, and I had a lot of leave because of deployments at that point. Um, so I was taking these periods of sort of three to four weeks in New York every few months. Um, and that's how everything started. And we were on the phone all the time. It was it was at the internet stage where you could do internet phone calls, so you could keep the cost down that way. And and long distance sucks, yeah. like especially when it's halfway across the world. Right. Um, and so we ended up getting married in 2003, and she moved back to Australia. Um, but you know, sort of taking life on an absolute wing and a prayer. Is she, is she American? She is American. So yeah. she was born in the Philippines, moved to the states when she was four, um, and had lived all over. Her father is a doctor and works at CVPH. Mm -hmm. Um, but she'd been working down uh, in New York City at that point. Um, and uh, it was literally just that that was the city I happened to be in. And it was one of those quirks of fate that <laughs> sort of put us in the right location and, and the right time. And, and like you say, all of those weird decisions, I mean, had my parents been a little less busy that, that particular set of six weeks, I would have been in Italy and not in the US and never would have met Karen. So it's, it's quite strange how these things work out. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's it. I, I, I differ a little bit. And you were saying sort of that, you know, things happen for a reason. And I, I almost think, I, I think generally I think the opposite, like life is pretty, pretty random and you pick the threads that, that make sense and you make the choices that you make, make yeah. sense to you at the time and things can work out for sure. But, uh, I don't know that, that I think that there's anything that like, I'm not on a path because there are so many of those weird things that can happen. Like you, your car breaks down and you meet somebody that you didn't think you'd meet if your car didn't break it, down. You know what I mean? Like it's absolutely. those kinds of things. And actually for the record, um, Craig, when I, when I met him the first time, nicest guy in the world, uh, I went to the gym for the first time, uh, terrified of going to the gym, never have gone to a gym in my life at that point. 
first guy came comes up to me and he's like, listen, it's not that scary. Like, come on, we're going to go do this. And so he, he's certainly not a jerk the first time I met him. Maybe he, maybe back in the day he was a jerk, but that first time he was... The, the back end of this story is I was, I was feeling pretty good at this point. I was thinking, you know, I'd, I'd been into CrossFit for a little while or something like that. And, and Paul had come, he was like, oh, I'm, I'm a runner's background. I can't do any of this. I think it was a chipper workout because I just remember... Um, I just remember being terrified. So No, no. I just remember at the end of this workout, like literally lying on the ground in a pool of my own sweat and looking like there's Paul on his back four feet away from me. And he sort of looked at me and he's like, is it always like this? Let's do this again. <laughs> I'm like, just thinking, like, how do you get through a workout like that in the condition that I was where I was, I was like on the, on the verge of passing out at this point. And this guy's like, that was cool. Let's do this again. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Well, we're all a little off. Yeah. 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 That's, right. that's why I, I wish um, our most off is Scott, but he's not here. <laughs> so, so it's funny, though, because um, speaking of, so there's a group of us that, uh, that we do silly things like run races for 48 hours and, you know, things like that. And so the idea is it's like it's only. That's, the, that's sort of the concept, right? It's what? It's, it's, o- it's only. It's only 12 miles. It's only oh, 40 yeah. miles. It's yeah. only, you know, and if you frame it like that where, hey, you know, it's only going to be this, you, you just sort of end up doing like weird stuff like one day. <laughs> you're like you show up at a CrossFit gym or you end up in a van for 24 hours. And you're like. Usually yeah. just, just pull them out of their house. They just get in the van. We're going. Like, you know, where? Where are we going? Yeah, like one, one year it was. Uh, uh, you know, we were like, well, we're going to, you know, whatever, whatever crazy thing it is. And it, and it always starts with, it's only, it's only 24 hours. It's only, and I think that's a, both a good and a bad uh, life. Uh, I, I think philosophy. that's, I think that's a lot of how bad decisions in college happen. <laughs> well, it's only, it's, <laughs> hold my beer. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the grown up version of hold my beer, right? You, you it's, won't. A, <laughs> it is the, it's fascinating that it is the grown up version of hold my beer because it's one of those things where somebody sort of says, Oh, well, hey, this would be a great idea. And then you actually have to commit to it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, what have I just done? What have I done? We, we used to say back in uh, high school, college, you would say something and be like, you won't do it. And all of a sudden, it's like, hold my beer. Like, you know, it's just one of those where it's like, like we, don't, we don't actually want you or intend you to do it, but we're, we're going we're gonna to test you right now. We're, and then you see. Usually at that age, like we said, the brain's not fully developed. So you're like, all right, let's do this. But how but, many, you know, I mean... It's one of those things, again, about getting older where you start to realize that, um, you know, it looks interesting. It looks fun. Of course I'm going to do it. You know, I, I'm, why, why worry about what other people are thinking or, or what other people might tell me or something like that? It's a new experience and I want to try it. Um, so I'm, we're going to go do it. Um, and that extends to a lot of things. Admittedly, some of the, uh, the more, um, shall we say, physical things that, that Scott and Paul tend to do and I sort of look at it and go, you know, I I. I don't think I would ever have the mental fortitude to get through something like that. I mean, they talk about Ragnar races or these, these ultra races and, and I wonder how the hell anybody gets through those. But, um, but uh, it's just another opportunity, isn't it? To explore something different. Yeah. So. Well, I find that, uh, that idea really fascinating, you know, reading about limits and endurance athletes. And there are those people who run, 120 miles through the desert like you know it's all a matter of degree i suppose at, at that point but there's just you know how do people push themselves where's that where's that i don't know what it is you know i mean there's there people study this for for a living and they're like you know why can people push themselves for 120 miles through the desert how do they do that what do they do what makes it about them that can do that and somebody else can't uh so those kinds of things are just 
very interesting, like why people do what they do and, and how they push through and that training of, of you know. Well, no, I, I think the uh, you made me think of what you said before about um, doing stuff physically now that you probably, you know, just think you still can do or aren't as intimidated as you used to be. So like the other day we went skiing. I'm not a, I love skiing. I'm not a big skier. I don't go often. Um, so we went up to Whiteface. And I've always been terrified of going to Whiteface. I've always been a Titus guy. Like, I'm going to crush Titus. I'm good. And everybody's like, no, you can, I think you can do Whiteface. Well, the first run I did an easy one. The second one I did a medium. By the third run, I was doing a black diamond. Now, like, to me, that was like a fear of getting over, like, of doing well. And then we ended up going all the way up to the summit on the one that I was told never to go on, which is the one way <laughs> up high, which come to find out was the two guys that I was with, um, they uh, – Adam Crosley and Buck Bobbin. I think you, you might know both of them. One, yeah. at least one or two of them. Yeah. So they both have skiing backgrounds. I don't. So we get off the top. So I'm looking up, and they got the sign up there. It says basically this is the start of the Olympic race. I'm like, oh god. So, <laughs> so as we get up there, then and it starts getting icy again. It's my first time ever at Whiteface. We go up, and they go off this left ledge, and the next guy goes off the left ledge. So then I'm sitting up there all by myself, and I. So my, my thought process was, literally my first thought was, well, I just don't want to make them wait. So I, of course, go up and I go like, I didn't even think about it. I really just kind of looked down and I had the oh shit moment. And then I just was like, well, whatever. And I went down and kind of jumped into it, did a couple passes, spun out, lost a ski, not a big deal, got back up. Well, <laughs> then another 20 feet, and I was doing, I had fallen all day. I was crushing it. All of a sudden I get down, do a couple more turns. Well, I had gotten uh, icy up there. The visibility wasn't very good. It got windy. My, my skill level was not at that level. I did the full tumble down this thing. And we're talking the, – the, the slope on this or the grade on this slope was, was substantial where you couldn't really just slow down. You basically fell until enough snow piled up on you that would hold <laughs> like, you. It's like old school cartoons. Yes. Yeah, that was me at one point. And I, I think I'd had a helmet on. I would have definitely had a concussion. And all of a sudden I get down. And Adam's down talking to a couple people because he had waited. He had waited for me. Bucket actually was bu- kind of behind me at this point because he realized that I, I should probably be behind this kid. <laughs> so I make it down to the thing, and, and Adam goes, "Goes, uh, how was it?" Good, you know, kind of being sarcastic. And I go, I "said Well, I, I, I tub." He goes, "Yeah, I know. I saw the. I saw all, basically the powder of snow come down. He couldn't actually see me fall. But then for, at that point down, I, I made it I back down the mountain. It was another like 10, 15 minutes. But I made it back down with no issue. But um, that was my." mental thing of of it's gotten better i would never have would, i think would have done that but i just was kind of like i had no reason to go down that i was not good at all but i was just like well it's it's it, it's only that steep kind of a- deal so I, I ended up just kind of um i want to say bomb down it but I, I didn't cut enough as i should i wasn't carving the snow like i like i otherwise probably should have so basically i took a little little tumble so it was all fine then and then I get back and I'm like, I'm good. Well, the adrenaline kind of kicked off. And then I get back to the car. My left hip is like kind of hurting for two days. The other day I walk into the office. I had a late podcast and I go walking in. And uh, Meg was sitting there and I'm like, my arch of my foot hurts. She goes, what would you do? I said, I don't know. Like I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, I don't know why I'm hurting. But um, which I talked to somebody yesterday, and they go, "Yeah, you're, you're good till about probably late 30s, early 40s. Then you just you have no clue why you hurt. You just hurt." It's truth. I, I yeah, mean, that's, gotten, that's when you find out that you can throw you back out by just sneezing really hard. <laughs> right. right. Well, I, I get out of bed most days as kind of like a barrel roll out because it's the least painful way to get out of bed, and my back's like 
it takes my back a while to get unstiff throughout the day, which I know is probably not a good thing at at my age. But ten years ago, I was like Gumby. Now I'm. No, I, think, I, need, I, think, I need a little more maintenance on, on me. I, 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 I think Scott and I were talking about this a while back, and it, it's just not CrossFit in your 40s until you have to kip out of bed the next day. <laughs> right. right on. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. Because it's, it's all stages, right? Like, so I just turned 42. Yep. And, uh, you know. You, what, what, you? 41. 41. Yeah. So, you, you know, you, you do. You, you, like, you start to – I do crazy things and can generally get out of them pretty decently. But the other day at work, like I moved a desk and my back hurt for like three days. I was like, like this is stupid. I, I've, I've had almost all my injuries being like moving stuff or doing something. The, the worst one, it happens a couple times a year. I'm like emptying the dishwasher or putting dishes away. Well, if you have two or three stacked up and you go to put it on the shelf, you reach up. I've tweaked my wrists more times than I care to imagine. Extreme where, sports. Yes. Dishes. Where, where all of a sudden I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like dish. And like it, it gets to the point where like my, my, whatever muscle this is or tendon will hurt for two, three weeks. All of a sudden I'm like just like doing this for, you know, days on end because I put a dish away wrong and, you know, a little extra weight on the, on the hinge of the wrist. And that's so funny. Oh but goodness. that's, that's one of my most, na- most, uh, reoccurring injuries when I put dishes and it's not like happened once and I'm like like oh that happened one time it's like no it happens over and over again multiple times a year um, <laughs> which no, is the point I, where like I can't like like overhead squat no way like I'm done for I did dishes today man I can't do that I, that's it <laughs> I, like, I, I, I was I, talking I, to I'm, my dad I'm, I'm, I'm scaling this one I'm bringing uh, we're gonna go to the clean today but uh, uh, you've got to understand my dad like, I think for his 70th birthday he went skydiving and, and the 71st was bungee jumping I mean he's, he's literally that kind of guy he just gets out and does life and he said, you're always 20 in your mind. Like, yes. get used to the idea. You will always be 20 in your mind when it comes to music and going out, all the things that you wish you could do. But at some point, you have to make the realization that your body can no longer cash those checks. Right. Uh, and I, I think I talked about this a little while ago. It was, um, I would got invited to play a Masters rugby tournament. And went, yeah, why not? It's only a, it's only a day, a day rugby it's tournament, only, right? It's, it's only, only, right? It's so much trouble. I got nothing going on tomorrow. Yeah, we can make, make <laughs> and, and, you know, I sort of said, oh, you know, it's, it's one of these shortened versions of the tournament. You know, I'm feeling pretty fit. You know, it'll, it'll be fine. And then went out and played the game as if I was 25 again. And I just remember waking up in the morning going, oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't think I can move at this point. And it was like, you know, it, it wasn't, I, I don't think I'd ever been in that much pain in my life because it wasn't pain from the day. It wasn't, I wasn't in pain the day before I got the normal bumps and bruises, but just lying there to the point where everything hurt, like my back and my neck and my, every muscle in my body just ached. And I'm like, I, I can't do that anymore. I, I played in a, I played a lot of soccer growing up and then I coached soccer for many years. So I was like, but I wasn't like playing. Like I was coaching, you'd be kicked the ball around, but I wasn't actually in a game. So I played men, not men's, or whatever it was, co-ed, like indoor soccer, I think it was last year. It had been almost 10 years out of playing any type of physical, actual soccer game. And some of these kids have kind of kept with it and a lot of them were younger at the time. So I was definitely one of the older ones on the field to the point where I had to like kind of find my gear again. So I go play, the same thing, I get home. I can already feel this midway through the game. Of course, I take my socks off. I'm bleeding in probably three spots. I got, I got, cal- I got like, uh, you know, basically blisters that have broken open. I, I'm sitting there. I wake up the next day. My knees, my, my knees are throbbing because they're just like in, in pain from just like the moving Love like it. this side to side. And, uh, of course, Gina, she's like, you're really going to go play? I'm like, yeah. 
And like, of course, Gina is the person you cannot complain to because she has zero sympathy for me. So if I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sore, and she, she literally will just be like, "Shut up!" Like I'm not. I'm not <laughs> right. I, I have zero. I have, I have zero sympathy at my house ever. So I, I try not to. My my complaining factor is very limited because Gina does not care. So, but uh, yeah. So the soccer, I think I'm. I think I'm officially done. Officially out. Maybe like an old alumni game. I might go back. You know, for you know for. Only ten minutes, maybe. Right? <laughs> Put me in at the end. Like I'll be I can fine. play, right? Like how long is the game? Okay, well, it's only we've already cut the game in half, so okay. Well, sorry, we're just playing I, one I half. remember hearing. I'm sorry, it, it, the, the threads you pick up on. I remember hearing uh, Paul's. It's only philosophy. Uh, probably two, three years ago now. Um, it's so true. I'm sorry, but every time you start thinking about it, it just reverberates in your mind. Hey, it's only. It's only. That's and, it. I, I, I actually I, have it tattooed right here. Really? On my arm. Yeah. I, I, in Italian, it says it's only. Right the, in my the, arm. Uh, if you had to, if you actually had to poll, like, if you were to say, who do you think would have come up with that quote? I probably would have looked at you or Scott. And like, <laughs> it's only. That sounds like something they would say. Yeah. Usually followed by something where you kind of, you kind of curse them out for saying it was only this. Yeah. It's well, not only that. It's many, many times, many times have we've been like oh my god so myself and scott and our other friend scott um it's the it's the, the i should have got him on today oh yeah oh god <laughs> that would have been a whole different conversation oh, brother <laughs> shout out scott Coda. <laughs> but uh but we have we have the we have the rule of two right if two say third's in doesn't matter <laughs> so, that's dangerous. I am that's never dangerous. hanging out with you guys <laughs> yeah, ever again. Dangerous crew to so, say that. To. Yeah. So it's so. Speaking of, it's only. It's like, ah, man. Well, it's only this, and it's like, all right. Well, two said yes. I was like, shit. <laughs> we ran up Whiteface Mountain. They have a they have a run up White. It's eight miles from the base to the top. You mm-hmm. run up the road. Yep. Um, one. Oh my God! Like I've done some things that are crazy in my day. That was the worst thing because I don't know if you're aware of this, but it is a mountain. <laughs> and it's just it the, the incline it never it never flattens ever like never and then so you run up Whiteface Mountain eight miles up you get to the top everything is glorious of course uh, and then you, it's, it strikes you on the way down when you're in the little bus that takes you down and you can smell the brakes because they're right because because yeah. it's so steep and the, you're what the hell did we do but that was one of those things like hey you want to run up Whiteface and it was like. Sure, it's, it's only, only eight a, miles. It's only a high peak. <laughs> it's yeah. only eight miles. Well, it was paved, for God's sakes. I yeah. mean, we weren't running up a trail. It was fine. You'd probably been better off on the trail. Yeah, probably. You would have got at least a rock to step on and kind of level out. It, it was one of those, again, it was one of those like, yeah, yeah, sounds like a good idea. And then I'm at, at the base of Whiteface at like 7 o'clock in the morning going, what the hell yeah. am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. And then I look at my two friends. They're like, right. <laughs> You're the third guy on that one, right? Like, I, I, I might, a, I might have been. I don't know. I yeah. won't, I won't, I won't say for certain. But there are definitely some, some strange, uh, some strange things that occur. But I, I never did this kind of stuff when I was younger. Not until I was much older that I get into like fitness and things. And when I first started running, I would run for thirty minutes and like have to go home and sleep for five hours. And now. Like we'll do, we'll that's, do. That's like, me after a seven minute AMRAP now. So yeah, like, so, I'm good. I'm good. So there was this workout. It's the the Viking workout. We actually did it over. Oh, at, oh we, yes. we did it over at your gym. Well, I don't know what it was, but I saw you doing it. Yeah. It so was, it, it first of all, it's uh, hilarious when you have to like seriously contemplate like we're running through a residential neighborhood with sledgehammers and weight vests. You know what I mean? You're like you're like so you row an three thousand or four thousand meters. You do hammer strikes on a tire. You run a mile and a half. You do two hundred hammer strikes on a tire. You come back you row for it was like an hour and a half workout or whatever before that would have killed me but at, at this point it was like okay one 
that was a lot of fun. And then two, I think we installed hardwood floors later on that day, you know, so now like the fitness level and the things you can do is like, you know, you put in a two hour workout, then you go home and you do floors and it's like for you're okay with that. everything for time, right? How fast can you put the floors in? How good do they look? Well, I've gotten to that. Like the, the, the for time thing is, is on a lot of, uh, I do that a lot in a lot of things that, that, that that's, that's translated over to work <laughs> and certain things that I, you know, even, even chores, household chores, yeah. like, like snowstorm, like how, how quickly can I snow, pl- uh, snow blow this thing? And of course, two hours later, my beard was frozen and I was like, it wasn't very, <laughs> wasn't very fast, but we got it done. No, that was, that was one of those fitness epics. My it, first it, year of, it's only 14 inches, right? It's like, <laughs> it's, we can get this. Frozen. My first year of North American home ownership. Uh, and, and realizing all of that, all of all of what that entailed, and uh, and somebody said, are you, "Are you buying a snowplow?" And I'm like, "Do, do I need one? Um, is it not just a shovel?" And this guy gave me this wry look that said, "Be my guest." Right. And so the first time I shoveled, I went, "I need a snowblower." <laughs> yeah. um, so it was those moments in life where you're just sitting there going, "What was I thinking?" Um, well, that's, yeah. why, that's why you got three boys, right? Yeah. Yes, but put, no, put no. them out there. So, I mean, it won't again. It won't be for time, but you can, you know, it's it's good, it's good to learn it. You know, builds builds no, character. There, there, there's something about you know telling your kids to go shovel the shovel the driveway, and you know that they're going to be out there for three hours, get hypothermia, and have only done like you know two two square feet of the driveway, and you're going to have to go out there and do it yourself. And there's there's definitely a fine line, but right. to draw between getting them to do something and and just getting accepting the fact that it's never going to get done and doing right. it yourself. Other other le- other ways you can teach them about life lessons. Sometimes the driveway just needs to be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. We, we got to get out because otherwise we're not going to be on time. Right, right, <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Man, and then the snowplow goes by just as you're. Oh, that one kills doing. me. Oh. Like that, I, I, I that's kid you insult not. to injury. Just you get to the very end, all plowed. It's like. And not only has he taken out your mailbox and two feet of lawn, but he's left this massive ice berm at the end of your driveway, which you didn't have to go through with a pickaxe. I mean, it's just... Well, to get into my driveway right now, it's actually a, a ramp. It's like the rest <laughs> of the driveway, is, it's, like, it's like all the snow that's like an ice. So there's a good chunk where you go up and over and, and down. So um, I'm, I'm usually a, a big believer when it snows out that the sun will melt it eventually. <laughs> so I've done that plenty of times where I'm like, I can drive through it. Sun will melt it. Super optimistic. I love that. Like, yeah. That philosophy only works for like a week in April. Just to, just, I, just, I know. Just to say. I'm like, it, it's got to get above 35, you know, between now, yeah, between now and April at some point. At some point. It's just, I mean, the winter's like that. You know, winter, winter holidays used to be the greatest thing because you'd go to somewhere cool and you get to ski and, and drink schnapps and have a great time. And then it was getting out here and living and working in it and realizing I what say, I don't know entails. where your vacation was. <laughs> Everybody's like, wait, go cold to ski. And it was just like, you know, uh, it was like the, I'm shoveling the driveway for the seventh time in a month going, this sucks. Yeah. This is oh, just, yeah, no. this is brutal. Especially this winter. Nothing's melted, so my theory is completely gone. So it's gone from snow <laughs> See, to that, ice to more snow, so we're just layering it that's on. Why, that's why it's a theory. You had to test it. It's turned out to be not true. Yeah, yeah it's not. <laughs> well, kind, of like, kind of like you said before, like we, we, we choose stuff not to, and you hope you make better decisions. That's one where I just keep making, at some point, at some point there will be a warm a warm winter, and then I'll be like, I told you. this. Yeah, everything's good in theory. Yes, yeah. everything. Everything is good in theory. That's yeah. a, I think we'll put that on the wall. <laughs> yeah, well, one, of, one, of my, one of my old professors had uh, communism was a great theory. <laughs> but put on his wall behind you. <laughs> right on. It, was only, it only cost us like 40 years, you know, umpteen billion dollars and however many lives to, to prove that wrong. But, yeah, but it was, 
In theory, I suppose. <laughs> That's it. Everything's everything's good in theory. Running up whiteface is good in theory. <laughs> yes. So you're halfway up. And skiing down whiteface is good in theory. So you're, so you're halfway down. We've had our own. We've, we've all had our what we thinking our moments, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like doing this bike race where um, it was through the mountains, and, and again, it was one of those. I'm fit enough to do that. Why not? Let's let's try that. That's a, what a great theory. And and then realizing that. Um, I was, I'd been going downhill for an hour and I still had one more mountain to climb before the end of the race and thinking, just, yeah. what have I done? Right. If I just pull over now, Carl drive by. It's only one more mountain. Yeah, it's, all, it's, it's, it's only one more mountain. There's these moments in life where you've literally just realized what you have to do to cash this particular I, I, check. Yeah. I, I'm a big uh, get to the halfway point kind of guy because yeah. I know at least I've done half the work and it can't be worse than what I've already done. Yeah, no, it's not true either. So, I, yeah, I know. Like, I, knowing that it... it, it the compound effect, it's going to feel worse. But then I'm like, hey, you know, I got over the hump. The hump know, we're, right. going, we're going downhill. We're sliding down yeah. now. And uh, Oh, the hump. But, that probably describes my fitness at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely on the downslope. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, right, I'm maintaining. I'm maintaining right I, now. I'm, I, not, uh, I'm, not, I'm not in peak performance by any means, but I'm the, okay. The, the, first, the first workout this year, I, I, I was probably two weeks had not – did anything heart rate was not above like one whatever not even at 80 70 so we go into the row and the wall ball thing i think i stopped a minute short because i was just trying to beat my buddy i beat him by one rep and i was i just signed off i'm out <laughs> threw it down like you know it's an amber i mean i know but i i beat him right there's just one number i had to hit my, right my point is that i won i was like i was on the roar I'm, i was on the roar i'm like well, what's he at right now he's at whatever i'm like <laughs> One done. done. <laughs> out, out. Just had to beat him in the ranking. So, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, no. Usually the um, the watch well, last week was the the snatching and the burpees. Yep, it was very quick, very fast. So I got done. I'm like, oh, this is you know, I'm gonna go hard. I could have ended the workout there. Th- three minutes was my only thing I did all week, but it was three minutes, and I was I was like, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. We're gonna we're gonna sign off. I don't need to do the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. I, pr- I proved that I was. I could, I could still I could still go out of control and. Try to recover, which didn't, didn't necessarily happen. Hit total muscle failure. So. <laughs> hey, you know what? You got to find your limits sometimes, right? You push, and like sometimes it doesn't work out. The wheels come off, and you're but, like, But again, when you shit. say, but when you're, when you're like, you're, when you're like, you're, you're 20 in your mind, in my head, I'm like, I hit that number once. I, that was my, life, that's my lifetime yeah, PR. I couldn't, right? I can still do fine. this. That's it. That's the, I, see. I guess the, I'm learning how to scale properly right there's now. Ver, there's variations of it's only like the philosophy. Like yep. it'll be fine. That falls in that category. Like someone's like, it'll be fine. Yeah, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> what's the, number three? What's the worst that could happen? Well, <laughs> I could hit halfway down the mountain and finish on my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be honest, that should have went through my head. I should have looked at it and then went and took like the the next one over, which I know wasn't as bad. A little longer, a little less grade on that, but. But again, it was it was uh, kind of one of those things. Was hold my beer. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bomb down this and see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. But it's, it, you're sitting there going, uh, Murphy's law. If something can go wrong, it will go wrong. And and then uh, at some point, you realize Murphy was an optimist. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to read those all the time. They always had them in restaurants. Yeah. There's some there's some good ones though on uh, some Murphy's laws. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing how uh, so much th- there's so much in that. There's so much so much cool philosophy in a simple phrase like "it's only." I love that <laughs> because it, it starts to 
I, I mean, it starts to shape the way you think about your experiences or something like that. And it does. It does. It's only, it'll be fine. It'll be it's fine. all good. It, you know, yeah. it's, huh, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Yeah. That's no worries. Yeah. What'd hey, what's that? Ah, it'll be fine. No worries. <laughs> it's all right. I tested it already. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, over, that's sometimes worse when, when somebody tests it first because then, then you know somebody did it. <laughs> and you know how crazy your friends are because they want to Yeah, and, and you, can't, you can't punk out. You can't – it's not like – you know, so, like you say, two people are in and you're just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. It's going to be a good story, right? So, like, you can't not be the dude who isn't part of the story. So you don't want, <laughs> you want to be – yeah. you don't want to be the footnote that, like, yeah, we did this great thing and Paul was over there. <laughs> and, and Paul drove us. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so savage <laughs> absolutely savage so yeah so it, it 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 it's fun it's fun growing older learning having kids like we cover like that's some that's some big stuff right there and then you boil it all down to two words <laughs> it's only <laughs> it's it's only another kid <laughs> no well, it doesn't uh, work that's the no, one point yeah, in the no, philosophy yeah, that yeah, it doesn't no. work just for the record yeah. no so and mine mine are 15 months apart and we were two and through like two kids it's great they're always twins they're always hanging out and then karen calls me up and and she actually sent me a text with a picture of a positive pregnancy test that's how i found out i was having a third kid and i'm like called her up and i'm like is that yours and she's like well who else is it going to be i'm like oh god <laughs> oh, i'm sorry like this is one of the uh I, I don't know why she keeps doing it to me but uh so <laughs> For, we, we just moved to England. I was doing a master's in the UK. We decided we wanted to travel. We weren't, you know, we were holding off having kids. And she wakes me up at like four o'clock in the morning. I'm pregnant. And she'd been crabby and angry and, and everything else. I, I, we assumed it was jet lag because we literally just arrived in England. And in the, 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 the terrible sleep stupor that I was in at the time, uh, all I could think to say was, oh God, that explains a lot. <laughs> And, and it was probably not the greatest reaction of, of Wait, all times. So, yeah, was, oh, I'm not. Uh, but here they are, still married. Um, <laughs> He's still alive. It was only one comment. <laughs> exactly. Well, but the, but then I mean, it, it seems like every time this comes up, we have the the, the the next story to go with it. So you know, 15 months later, we're back in Australia. Um, Dante's how old? Are we? He was what, six months old at this point, and uh, and we're on the phone. I'm I'm at work and and. She's talking me through, oh, like, so don't forget, uh, I need you to go to the grocery store tonight because I'm making this. Um, we're heading to your parents this weekend. Uh, I'm pregnant. Don't forget <laughs> to get the car serviced. Um, I'm like, w w wait, what? Um, go back one. <laughs> She's like, what, your parents? I'm like, no. <laughs> like After that. <laughs> and so the third one was a text. So, there you go. Yeah. So we never, we never really had the traditional announcements, um, so to speak, of, of uh, honey, I'm pregnant and we're about to have another. It was always... Um, like, what just happened? <laughs> Gina did that for the first one. And, of course, I come walking in, and she's, like, sitting there at, like, our island, our old house. And I, like, walk in. She's sitting there. I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm, like, oblivious at times, when I, especially when I come home. It's late. I'm just, like, throwing stuff down. I'm like, did you eat dinner yet? Like, okay, doing the whole thing. She's like, yeah. And she's, like, looking at me. And I, for a few minutes, I'm, like, wandering around <laughs> the kitchen. She had set up, like, everything on, like, like, it would be, like, me walking in and seeing, like, one thing on the counter. And it was, like pregnancy test or something whatever she had put on the table and i'm like totally oblivious and then i think about the second one which i i've seen about this the other day i don't even know how she told me that she was pregnant if she even did i mean it might have just been the same thing like it's 
She's probably going to end up like, she won't listen to this, but she won't. But <laughs> she's like, who'd you talk to? I don't want to listen to you talk. But, uh, um, Karen said the same thing to me. She, uh, she, we did a little podcast last time. She's like, I'm not going to listen to that. I, like, well, you, you could probably hold my attention for, for, for 20 minutes, but whatever it was, two and a half hours? No. I know. I guess I got some friends that listen to it pretty religiously, but then I got like Jordan. I'm like, Jordan, did you listen? Well, no. I was like, do you listen to any of them? No. I'm like, okay, well, that's good. <laughs> She can mix them. She can edit them good. But I said that poor girl, she's got to at least listen to the beginning and end of each one to know where to, to where, where to put things in. So she's heard me enough that I think she's heard more podcasts than she'd ever care to hear about. Oh, mind-blowing. It's it's funny how, uh, how so many of those threads of those stories seem almost familiar, even though they're completely different stories. It's like... Uh, I, I think we all tended to marry women smarter than us. <laughs> oh, yeah, by far. And I, I always I always marvel at how um, how oblivious sometimes. Just like uh, I remember I was working at a place and, uh, you know, that Willow came in to, to chat or whatever. And um, one of the people that, that I was supervising at the time, you know, she said, oh, my goodness, you know, you must laugh all the time. Paul's so funny. And Willow was like, yeah, <laughs> funny. And that was how she responded. <laughs> and, and I just, it's like one of those things we were, it was, it was early, like we were in our twenties at the time or whatever, but it was just, it's just funny. And like, you know, now I can chuckle at how annoying, like how annoying I can be, you know, cause I, I, uh, I, I mean, I'm terribly optimistic, like terribly. So like, you know, I, I think that, you know, hell, I don't know what comes next. You get one shot at this. Let, let's freaking enjoy it. You know what I mean? So I tend to frame things pretty positively. I tend to, and I know that can be annoying. Like sometimes when people just want to be pissed, right? You just want to be angry. You don't want somebody coming in and saying, well, look at the bright side or whatever the hell, <laughs> you know? And so it's just funny when, when you see how a whole life will, we've been together forever. I mean, more than half my life. I was 19 when, when we started dating and I'm 42 now. So We've grown up, uh, and you know things change, and but it's just it's just so cool to to be able to look back on all those silly things and 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 just realize how. So you wasted all your good jokes early, right? Oh yeah, no, yeah. I was, I was I'm, like, I'm out. I'm out now. Now it's I've like, hurt. yeah, that's funny. Did you get the groceries? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like I, that never ending meme. Is like marriage is uh, is simply one of you texting the other one. Do we need anything from the store <laughs> repeatedly until you die? Right, <laughs> right, right. 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 Do we know where go, the kids are? Did we get the stuff from the store? Did, can you pick this up? Sure. Yeah, sure. Done. Done. Yeah, What's happening tonight? Mo- that uh, is most of it. What, what are you cooking for dinner? I'm not going to be home. To, okay, well, we're, I'm like, it's a, it's a constant battle. Yeah, yeah. It's no. errands. It, uh, it, but it's, it, it's, it's co-managing it's, the household. That's it, it's, it's, in, it's enjoyable, though. You know, like at the end of the day, it's fun to be able to, to look back. We've been married for what year is this? 19, 19 years. Wow. See, we did it right because we got married in 2000, so the math is easy. I always know what year. That's good. Right. I, uh, Practical advice, people. I, I actually <laughs> had to get it engraved on my, my ring inside so I know. I really do. I swear to God. That's like one thing when I went in, like, what do you want? I said, can you put the date on the inside of the ring? <laughs> that's, a, that's brilliant. It's like, you know, Lord of the Rings, the inscription on I, the inside. It's I, like one I, ring to rule them all. I, I, <laughs> Like, like the well, this is the steady. Fu- be careful where you're going right <laughs> now. Your wife may, in fact, listen to this. The fu- I, uh, the funny, mine doesn't fit anymore. The funny thing, Gina goes, "When do you want to get married?" Like a Friday in April. So I go. I looked at the dates: seven, fourteen, twenty-one. I said, "We're going on the 14th. She goes, "Why?" I said, "Because I can remember four fourteen. It's not that hard to remember." So I'm good. So usually, <laughs> I mean, I have it on there. It's the year. The year always gets me because I have to. I look. I look for the year, but. That's so I funny. actually forget what year we were actually married, but I, know, I do know it's my cheat sheet. But four, 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 <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a fact checker all the time. Yeah. He's like, yep, four, yep, it's a four fourteen. <laughs> I, I know that. And then the problem is we get to April, and I wanted to get something, and I'm like, 
Uh, shipping is 10 business days. <laughs> All right. Well, we're just going to take you out to dinner. I don't know. <laughs> Which is usually good. Food for Gina, usually you can right. cross, check a lot of boxes on that one. So Right on, right on. It's it's fun. It's fun. Uh, you know, and that, uh, how that shapes who you are and your life philosophies and things, you know. I mean, it's... Changes it, things. It does. Well, I mean, you're, you're essentially sharing your life, making decisions. Like, it's no longer... Like, oh, I'm just going to go do this. Like, you got to consider somebody else and you got to, well, you know, it's, it's... That was me for the past 10 days. And, and <laughs> the, the thing is, I'm such a creature of habit that I couldn't really break the habit. So I was still, like, up at the same time, going to bed, going, like, you know, there wasn't much yeah. much going on where I was like, I don't really have to check in with anybody, but I'm also not really doing much, you know? It's like... <laughs> It's not like you go out and have wild potties or, or anything Well, else. I tried. I tried. And I was like, well, I'll go out on St. Patrick's Day. And then I find out that I'm not... I'm not cut out for that anymore. So <laughs> I'm much more. I'm now in the uh, give me a couple IPAs at, at the uh, at Valcor. Give me a couple we'll of IPAs. I'll go crawl into bed. We'll be, be home great. by we'll be home by nine. We'll be and home by, by ten. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Watching what's on TV. Watch a good show. You know, twenty minutes where everyone's quiet. I'm like yes. Well, that's even the weird thing. I, my I don't watch a lot of TV, so the TV hasn't been turned on in ten days. One is I don't. Even, I have a hard time even figuring out how to turn the TV on. I'm at that at that stage too, where I used to as a kid. Now like there's so many buttons that I, I usually oh just know that God. I usually just know that the TV's. On. I swear to God, I'm terrible. I know the TV's on and I know how to put it on Netflix. So that's about my, the extent of my. Watch us before your eyes, Galen Trumbly like will hitting, turn into I'm, an 86 year old man. Right, I'm literally like hitting this thing, and I was, I was with someone the other day, and I'm looking at, it and there's arrows all over, and they're like, that one. I'm like. Okay, I, I'm I'm awful with technology. I, like, I really am. This conversation has circled around like old old men, bad hips, bad Grumpy knees. Old men, yeah, <laughs> can't figure out how to turn the damn TV on and kids today. I mean, we've covered I, all the things. I know it's. <laughs> I, I'm, the problem is that you guys got me by a decade, so I'm. It's gonna get maybe, worse. Maybe a little more. A tad bit more. How old are you? Twenty nine. Oh God. <laughs> he's complaining about his hip though the other and, arch and, my foot why is he arch, arch my foot and, and, and the fact I haven't that done anything today I've been driving what is my his, his he, wrist he, when he puts the dishes away yeah he doesn't get I've been driving on anyway. cruise control 29 my... dude seriously uh, does 30 yeah. bother you does no the, no I actually I'm I'm pumped about my 30s nice I think I'm, I think 30s is gonna be my decade uh, it's a cliche but age is a number yeah, no, age yeah. Is, is I don't just a number. I don't care about aging I, I like myself doesn't bother me. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, physically, like, yes, what I wish I was 18 and could still, like, do a bunch of stuff and not hurt the next day, sure. And then a couple things here and there, but at the end of the day, it's good. It's, all, it's, all, it's, it's, it's not bad. certainly better than not being through. You know what I mean? Like, like, what's the alternative? It's, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, I mean, I want to live to I'm 130, yeah. so let, let's do this thing. Yeah. My, my grandmother actually just turned 100. That's nuts. Uh, and she is a little old Italian grandma. She lives in Florida with my mom. Uh, just an awesome woman. She lived with us when we moved up here. Um, but, you know, that's it. Like, there's the goal. Like, she is – she still does things and goes to the grocery store. And, you know, um, it's – you know, it's just – it's awesome to see. And so there's my goal, 100 or plus, whatever. Well, I, like, she's I always, setting the bar. I always wanted 100, but the way m- modern medicine is probably going to be by the time I get there, so they're going to be able to just, like – it's almost like going to the gas station. They might just like put a new battery in you and, or get, get you a little more gas and be like, "You're gonna, this will get you another 10 years. You'll be fine. Right. No, it is, it, it's not just getting to 100 though, isn't it? It's getting to 100 and still being able to, to, well, to function, enjoy to yes. do things, and, yeah. and have a great time and, and do all of those things. I mean, you know, my grandmother was, was in her 90s uh, when she passed away and I, I think she still had a better social life than I did. So, um, yeah. uh, that, that, that's key because I, yes, I would like to be 
active as long as possible. So and mentally, and, and my baby's mental. I can get to 100 and still like mentally. I'm still doing podcasts at 100. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> They'll sound very much like what you've just heard today. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> my they're hip, damn kids, my, get off my lawn. <laughs> my hip, the kids today, and their rock music. This, <laughs> been feeling this for 80 years. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I started. This started when I was 29. Yep. That was actually the first thing that ever happened to me that I did not know why it happened. I don't know why I was hurting. I, I literally had to take a lacrosse ball out of my desk and roll for like five minutes on it, and I don't know why I was hurting like that. So, I know. it's No, it, it is one of those things that, uh, you know, you, your body, you have to start taking care of it. Um, and it's it's one of those philosophy things in life where you, you make choice. You, you know, it's, it's the philosophy we talked about last time. Reasons are bullshit. You make choice. And you choose to focus on something or you choose to drive your kids around instead of going to the gym or you choose to focus on work at this point in your life. Um, but it's one of those things that I've, I've sort of started to come back to now. And it's, it's like all of a sudden, uh, healthcare or, or taking care of your health and taking care of you becomes that much more important um, because you have to make the most of the hours that you've got and you have to take into account that some things are going to hurt the next day. Um, but it, it's interesting how, uh, you know, as you say, there's life choices and priorities become different because you know that if you want to go skiing a couple of times in the, in the winter, that, that actually takes a little bit of preparation now. You can't just go do it. Right, right. A little stretching, perhaps a good night's sleep the night before. Exactly. You know, you can't just go out, drink seven beers, eight tequilas and expect to get up at eight o'clock in the morning and go skiing. It, it just doesn't work like that. No. No, no, not tequila. <laughs> no. Ne- actually, never, never tequila. Never tequila. Never tequila. I, I can't. I, that's that's the one. Uh, give me one shot of tequila in a night. I will have a hangover the next day, <laughs> guaranteed. It's it's sign sealed. No, no. This this was one of the funny things because having come from Australia, again, that British European is that it's tequila. No, no. It was no? it was it was very much Scotch, and uh, we got the occasional bourbon, but even bourbon wasn't that big. You know, there was. There was Australian rums, which are dark rums. But then getting over here and, and tequila was always that end of the night, you know, oh. knock you to the ground kind of drink. And then I, I discovered really good tequila. Um, so it was like it was like finding, you know, going down to Mexico and finding these bottles of tequila that, you know, one drink. Um, it was just nice. It was like drinking scotch all of a sudden. And, well, you, and sip, you sip at it. it was, like it yeah, yeah, it was sipping like out of scotch. very good tequila or a very good scotch or something I, like that. I, I had that at a... We were at a bachelor party down in Philly, and one of the guys there, like, it was like a beer, dis- beer distributor. So he ended up getting, he's like, tequila. And I'm like, no, not happening. He goes, no, 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 I swear it's good. So we had like a little glass of tequila, and it was phenomenal, like just sipping on it. Mm. But the crap that you go probably get at any bar that you're just giving, like, people are getting shots and making mixed drinks out of, that's the stuff, hangover next day, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Can't, well. can't do it. But that, that's, that, that, that one didn't bother me at all. That was actually really good. It was like a smooth drink. Well, that's but. true. I think that's true of any of those kinds of things. Like, you know, bourbon. I love bourbon. Uh, you know, I'm a, I like my black coffee. I'm a, I'm a purist when it comes to drinking, right? So I like want one thing in a glass, mm-hmm. bourbon or scotch, or I don't, I don't mix it up with anything. I don't like occasionally an ice cube if it needs it, you know, whatever. Whiskey stone. You know, yeah, whiskey stone if it doesn't need the water, but you just want a little cold, that's fine, you know. But, mm-hmm. um, but the same thing, like there's a, there's a level at which, you know, you have a, a glass, a, a class of bourbon and like does it's just not worth it but when you get to that that next step and you can just enjoy it and you sip it and you i love that love it uh widow jane if you're in the market for a for a good for a good drink widow jane they sell what it is it widow jane is that a bourbon yeah um mm. they sell it uh, locally here yeah. uh, it's totally worth it my favorite maybe i'll have to try <laughs> no but, I mean, I, I've, but take, I've taken bourbon but it's been like 
with a, c- a couple shots with some buddies at like a golf tournament or out at the bar or something, but yeah, I never really is, enjoyed it. Yeah. This isn't shots. This yeah. is this is mellow. This is, but I've been really. Um, so I have uh, uh, love uh, pirates from a storytelling standpoint, right? Not actual pirates, but like the the mythology behind them, right? So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> always, uh, always up for like I can remember going on vacation with the Brightwells, um, and I was in between. I, I had left one job and I was starting a job, so I was. It was a one week in between each, and we were sitting on a beach. Um, it was the only time in my life, in my adult life, that I didn't have a job, right? And it was like, like, like legit, like yeah. I was in the middle. But so you I was constantly being a pirate for, for well, no. For, I swear to God, it was like <laughs> if there was if there was a third, you know, if the third was there, we would have been in trouble because I'm sitting on the beach, Brightwell's sitting next to me, and I'm sipping rum, and there was a boat out there, and I was like, you know, we could probably commandeer that, but we didn't, for the record. <laughs> but it, but but just for a second, just in case the it's, NSI are listening, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it's only. 20 yards out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been into, so that was just an aside, but I, I, I do like rums lately. I've been uh, learning a, a lot about rums and, and there's another whole, like, just lovely, like you get good rum, you sit down. But it's the enjoyment it out of it now. It's, it's, it's enjoyment for a different purpose. It's enjoyment for the, the drink itself rather than for the experience that goes with drinking, I suppose. Yes, very much yeah. so, very much yeah. so. And actually, um, I, think, uh, I think Willow got me a long time ago uh, a whiskey and philosophy book. And it was, you know, you'd, uh, you'd it'd go through like different philosophies and, you know, different drinks that you could, you could have with them. And, uh, Emmanuel Kant and Glenn Fittich. There you go. <laughs> right, right. I think therefore I am, I think I may have had too much whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, a nice little pairing. <laughs> it's nice, a nice little pairing. I've forgotten who I am. There's been, you know, it's it's levels, but now it's for enjoyment. And a bottle of whiskey lasts much longer than it used to. Yes, and therefore you don't mind spending that little bit more, little bit extra on it, uh, yes. especially now that you have the disposable income as opposed to the, you know, four cents fifty that you had as a college kid. You know, right, right. And you never buy wine at a at a convenience store. <laughs> I'd like to learn that and learn that early. It's like two bucks for a whole bottle. Like, <laughs> oh god, there, there's a reason. Best two dollar hangover you ever there's, had. There's <laughs> there's a reason it was two bucks. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it fascinating? Like wherever you go in the world, and that's um, marked up. There will be. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you go in the world, there will be some drink that everybody refers to as as the drink that everybody drinks at you know end of high school, start of college yep. period, and it's the drink you drink to get drunk when you can't afford anything else. Yeah. And I don't care where you go, there's there's that drink. Yeah, there's like you know whether yeah, it's you, like wine coolers or you know <laughs> whatever it happens to be. Like. Keystone Bush, Keystone, yeah, Na- yeah. Na- natural na- natty ice. I I did not <laughs> stoop to that level. <laughs> there was a line that had to be crossed. <laughs> The, the uh, yeah no that, that there was a lot. clearly there's an element of my North Country we're, cultural education that's I, missing I, here because yeah, <laughs> I, I think we were uh, we were I actually remember drinking a lot of Blue Light yeah and I still drink it to this day like that's still my because we we were we would we would splurge I think in that aspect because I think we had just grown up on that stuff not the yeah well so then you get to, to college and you're like Coors Light and Keystone and it, can't do it. <laughs> I just couldn't, couldn't do it. I'm like, I, guys, it's worth the extra five bucks. I'm <laughs> right, telling you. Right. I'm sure we can find it somewhere. Let's, shake the cushions let's out. Let's, let's, let's do let's this. Hey, what's in your pocket? Let's go. <laughs> right. Let's ground it up. Right. Oh, no God. one, no one needs ramen this week. Like freaking, <laughs> like Annie up here, That's people. It. That's it. <laughs> or, or, or to the point, knowing that you're going to be, you know, eating ramen and ketchup for the next like <laughs> right. week because you went out and drank. Yeah. Uh, whatever uh, it was, a, a, a case of ramen and ketchup. That's a weird thing. <laughs> 
ramen and I could spring for cheese. You know, you melt that on top. But no, I've never no, done ramen. <laughs> I, I think it was just literally something to give a, 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 a other than cardboard flavor to the ramen. So, you yeah. know, ketchup. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I, don't, I don't do ketchup for the record. If anyone Ever. cares out in the world. Ever? Really? Yeah. On fries, occasionally. Ketchup's not a thing. How me. have they not taken away your American passport? Uh, yeah, I like ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I like I like ketchup on. Uh, actually, like ketchup chips too. But I, I like ketchup on. None ha- of it. Hamburger and um, I do not put it on a hot dog. I cannot put it on a hot dog. It has to be mustard. But uh, hamburgers and fries for sure. No, I'm, I'm mustard on everything. Even on fries. Yep. See, I'm not mustard I'm, I'm, on fries. No, I'm a ketchup guy. Yeah. Ketchup guy. There I'll put must, mustard on a, on any kind of hamburger or a hot dog sausage, but never ramen. Never. Yeah. I mean, I don't even. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, dude, I, had ramen I eat Vegemite was, on toast for breakfast. Like, yeah, you, you that's you know, true. That's I true. actually think I went through my whole college without having ramen. I broke the stereotype. It's High not, school, though, I had it. No, that's, I mean, Vegemite's such an Australian cliche, and, and uh, you know, I, I completely understand people's reaction when I, I show it to them and show them what it is. And they're like, dude, you're literally putting cooked down axle grease on a piece of toast right now. What is it? Uh, Vegemite? It's, it's just Will, a. Willow loves it. I know. That's it's, the bit that it's I. It's a thing? <laughs> oh, this is like a U.S. thing? All right, you, you guys keep talking for a second. We're going to do this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What is it? Vegemite? what? Vegemite? It's a, can it's we, an, it's can an, we fact check this, Craig? <laughs> it's, an, it's an Australian thing that uh, I don't really know much about it, to be honest with you, but people don't generally like it, is my understanding. It's like spam? I, it's the weirdest stuff. Uh, and uh, But Willow loves it. Like it's, it's, She loves it. And so is he... Like legit. He's got a jar of. Fish. Oh my god! This got real just quick. Let me see this thing. <laughs> Live in the studio, Vegemite Ye- yeast extract. This is so. For those of you who don't know, uh, Vegemite is is a very stereotypically Australian thing. Um, it was developed in World War Two as a way to get vitamin B twelve into kids, and you spread it very lightly on toast, and you have it with toast. Oh yeah. But it's it's exceptionally salty. It's exceptionally strong. And it's one of those things that if you don't grow up eating it, then chances are you, you are going to look at me like I have two heads when I put this stuff on bread. And I mean, smell, open it up and smell it and you'll get. Yeah, no, it's, it's, this is legit. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, by the way, you, Vegemite, you never heard of it? Right in the office. It looks like, it looks like, uh, <laughs> it looks like, like a, grease, like, right? No, well, like a grease and Nutella. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is my point. <laughs> so next time we get together, Does not Vegemite s- on toast. Does it not smell? So, it doesn't smell the best. Two of us say he's got to do it. Doesn't he have to do it? <laughs> <laughs> it just, just happened. Just now. You just heard it happen live. <laughs> you got a spoon? No, don't do it with a spoon. No, like, wait, wait. No, no, so- just a sec. <laughs> this is going to get really bad, people. Um, Galen is, is probably it, isn't going to be talking to us taste, for about the next five minutes while his taste bad? buds recover. Is it really bad? Yeah, no, normally you don't do it straight, dude. Like, that normally... Is it like wasabi? Yeah, it's kind of like well, wasabi. But, like, but not... It's not hot. It's not hot. It's just incredibly salty. You're not going to feel it in your sinuses, necessarily. <laughs> don't, don't do all of that, dude. Like, seriously. Really? Is it that bad? Yeah. Like, it's just intense. take a little bit of it. I don't it's know. very there's, intense. There's like... Is a, a micro pea, a pea size bit of Vegemite. So no, no, like, no. Look, we're going to do this another time, and I'm going to do it properly on toast for you. Like, don't do that because that'll just cruel you for is, life, and it'll be horrible. But it's only a pea size. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 
it's only a piece. Of I'm gonna, no, I gotta try it. I gotta try it now. <laughs> Ladies, and, all right. I feel like I'm like I feel like the kid in a um the uh, Christmas story. He's like putting his tongue to the pole. Like, <laughs> this is one yeah. of the this that, is one that of those is, that is the gastronomic equivalent of putting your tongue on an icy pole, dude. Yeah, like seriously, this is one of those three, two, one, go moments. You know what I mean? <laughs> so don't don't take that whole thing down. Yeah, just, 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 just it's not just, like wasabi. Just a Dude, just a smidge. I, I've given you your advice. How much do you You're put? On, wait, how much do you put on toast? Obviously, more enough to cover the toast. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we could do this properly, but just do you, son. Just off you go. <laughs> Moments of silence as Galen tries this stuff. Oh god! <laughs> and there you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, so we have we have uh, we have dropped to two. Craig, how are you doing? I'm great, but I, I think we're gonna have to take over for a little bit because poor Galen's gonna lose. We his lost mind. him. We lost him. Now, yeah, water doesn't help. Admittedly, I, I I did warn him. You did. You did. There I was did a, my best. There was a <laughs> yes, but how do you feel, <laughs> dude? It's only Vegemite. <laughs> I got my throat. Oh, oh god! This is like one of this is like one of those like jackass I, moments. You know what I mean? Like I, you give him a piece sized thing of Vegemite, and you're like, "Don't do it." <laughs> Twenty minute recovery. Like in my throat. <laughs> I don't even know if I've swallowed it yet. It's like stuck in my. Uh, so anyway, you spread that on toast. <laughs> and normally, you spread don't it very, very lightly oh, on toast with butter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was the best. That was worth 7 a.m. right there. That was worth everything. So poor Galen at the moment is literally losing his mind over in the corner of the room here. And, and I do apologize because I was laughing way too hard to talk. Ah, and scene. And scene. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Keep talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, we'll keep talking. We're, we're on it. We're on it. So don't listen to your friends. That's uh, Ever. <laughs> that's, um and and maybe that no, no that the two out of three person rule is not a good rule. <laughs> two out of three. I think Paul and I are just about ready to high five over the table at the moment. Like I said, we warned him. We warned him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that's one. That's a thing, and people love it. Yeah. See, I'm I'm not sure. You know, he did mention it before, and, and you can imagine putting Brightwell and Coder on this conversation right now, and how much worse that would have been. Yeah. Yeah. In well, fact, in fact, Coda would have been sitting here actively encouraging to take a big right. teaspoonful of it. He might be the like personification of Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Coda. <laughs> we love you, mate. We really do. An acquired taste. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. An acquired taste. <laughs> no. It is interesting, though. So, you know, all of the threads of, of what we talked about over the past multiple podcasts i looked it up by the way you were episode 13 oh nice nice um lucky lucky it's number 13 yeah you know, making the choices to cut away the things that just aren't fun or don't make sense or all of those kinds of things and you end up with that group of friends who take you to places you didn't necessarily want to go or you marry an incredibly intelligent smart woman who takes you to places that you never thought you'd you'd go to in your life um but it's interesting putting you know there's a level of crazy that <laughs> Ve Vegemite just broke the headset. <laughs> He's not even kidding at this point. Um, Galen's here. Galen's sitting here staring at a broken so, headset. So this this headset is basically the equivalent of my foot the other day. I don't know how it broke. I just put it down and it snapped. This is what happens with Vegemite. <laughs> Holy crap! That's all right, we'll order another one. <laughs> 
It's like one of those moments where it's one of those moments where I'm glad he broke his stuff and not me. Because <laughs> that always is the way it happens. But, but you end up sort of uh, you end up cutting away all the extraneous stuff that doesn't matter. But you end up with this uh, incredibly crazy group of friends. And it was like, uh, I mean, Code is one of those guys who's up for just about anything. So, you know, always a good person to have around. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It starts, uh, again, even with people, it ends up being uh, quality for quantity. <laughs> and there's your next philosophy in life. I was going to say, the, the number of, uh, of, of, of philosophical couplets we've dragged out of the last uh, the, the last bit of conversation is, is quite phenomenal, really. Yeah, well, you know, that's what it is. Your little, little sound bites. Little sound bites. You right there, Gil? He's my, back. Still in my throat. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And, and for the record, the memory lasts forever. <laughs> I can smell it. I'm not having that again. Not on toast. Not enough. Not in a box. Not with a fox. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Seuss said, do you like Vegemite and toast? Uh, you really put that on toast? Every day. It's an acquired taste, as he said. Will likes that. Uh, yes. My throat is on fire right now. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's uh, we literally warned you. I, I literally, I think and, I said the word. Out of the pea size, I had a half like, a, half I had a, a smash pea. pea out of the pea size. It wasn't even a. Oh God! Ah, uh, stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. This is that was just too much. That was fun. That was fun. Ah, uh, so <clears throat> go. go uh, ahead. Uh, uh, Galen's hanging on by a very thin thread here, the poor guy. We're good. No, keep going. <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever had on the podcast, so. <laughs> well, I'm not, I was going to say, it's, it's not like, I'm not even sure how that, it was literally like, I will literally show you a, how did we go from. Well, you opened I'll it up and the, then you said it tastes good. So I'm like, I, I've always tried stuff. Jesus. Well, that's a philosophy that'll change, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, anytime Craig says, well, I mean, it's, it's, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. 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 It's like, you know, anyway. Hey, you were on something there before. The no, no. Right? So yeah. literally talking about, you know, that we, we, we cut through quality versus quantity, and that's true of everything in life. It's true of, you know, time with your kids, time with your spouse, time with your friends. You start picking up on those quality moments. And it's interesting you say that the scrapes that you tend to get into with, with, uh, with the two out of three rule. Um, but they do give those quality experiences in life, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's true. Uh, I think, uh, is it Homer Simpson that said, you don't make friends with salad? Like, <laughs> that's, that's Was true. it no, no great story starts with salad? Or yeah, something, something like, that. like that, right? And, uh, and his other one is, uh, to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Absolutely. <laughs> Homer Simpson's got some good ones. In, the, in those middle years, you can learn a lot from watching The Simpsons. I'm not so much maybe now, but... Is it, is it still on TV? Yeah, like longest 30, running sitcom. Thirty years. It started, started the year a, I was born. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, still still that's doing crazy, it. Crazy because that means I really am that much older than you because I used to watch The Simpsons and like. We well, I used to it. I used to watch it. I stopped. <clears throat> I stopped watching and I got. I, into I meant a, as I meant as a as a like a live. Yeah, like, like you know, not, not not from birth every week. Right. You know? <laughs> I, w I watch the reruns. <laughs> no, it's uh oh, that's savage. But how is it that you ended? Sorry, coming back to something you said before. How is it that you ended up? Like for the one time in your life with a week of being unemployed, like what I, happened there? I, uh, tr you know, I stopped. I had accepted a new position and left my other position, and so there was a week period before my start date. So I was like, "This is great." It ended up being our family vacation. We occasionally will travel with the Brightwells, um, 
And so we just happened to be <clears throat> on the beach. Not like my phone wasn't ringing, nothing, no email, nothing. I was like, oh my God, this is. You really should have stole the pirate ship. <laughs> I'd be in Canada. Where would we be? Somewhere, somewhere in the Caribbean, like, right? That's uh, that's amazing. Wearing beads in your hair with a big beard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I think it, it was it was it was lovely. It was lovely. I, uh, I, I. It's not that I don't like work, and you know, I enjoy being involved with things and doing things. But there's so few times in life where you allow yourself to just kind of not think about things and really just like not worry about things and you know what I mean and I'm generally somebody who doesn't worry about things like I I only worry about what's in front of me right I mean we were, you were talking about that earlier and I think that is a solid solid philosophy of how to approach things like you can't worry about what's coming three steps from now if you don't complete the step that's in front of you because three steps from now doesn't happen if you don't mm. complete the steps in front of you it's true about a barbell or a degree that you're working on or, or a project at work if you don't do the thing that's in front of you everything else doesn't happen so um so i tend to look at things that way like why worry about things that haven't happened that might not happen there's so many things that couldn't alter you know what i mean like so so you just approach life and you're like, okay, here's what's next. This is what I have to do. This is what I want. I'm not saying don't plan long term. Obviously, you need to do that to some degree, but you plan it in such a way that like, you know, I, uh, you know, I don't worry about the, the disaster because it's equally possible that something amazing is going to happen as something bad is going to happen. So why dwell on necessarily either uh, i'm guessing that's that in particular is one of the philosophies that drives we like completely nuts it it, it does yes yeah. it does uh because there there's she does have a she has a part of the mental the, the mental training as far as her competition goes is being is being in the moment right, right. so uh not that it's a not that it's a brilliant uh embrace or, the suck yeah yeah or just not worry about or changing or, change circumstance yeah not worrying about who's who's watching you or what the outcome like why are you worrying about the outcome like you don't know what the outcome is going to be if you don't do what you know the work the outcome is is secondary like that's the, the process is the important part if you do the process right if you do the thing that you're trying to do in front of you right then the outcome is what it is right See, so, that is so incredibly compelling that the idea behind that i love that yeah yeah and that's it but that's that's my that's my if you sum me up in a nutshell that that's it like yeah. don't worry Again, as a parent, you worry about things. As a person, you worry about things. It's it's not like you don't have those emotions, but you acknowledge them. You sort of tip your hat to them. You you but you let them you let them go. And when you do that, you're very much able. And it takes a long time to be able to do that. It's not. It's twenty years of practice of of habit of doing that over and over again and approaching things like okay, how do I look at this so that I can see my way through? It's very difficult. It's very rare now that I don't see a way through for for myself. Uh, and so uh, when I do, it's very, it's, it's still very uncomfortable for me. Like if I can't see a way through a problem, it, it's, it's strange because normally, you know, you remove the emotion uh, out of things if you can and you sort of, fig, you know, take the steps through. But that's it. That's training. That's life. That's kids. That's, that's all the things. Like if there's a problem, you, what, what can I control? You know, what's the outcome that I want? And then it's the process that I use to get there. Mm. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for sure. Um, but it's difficult sometimes, I guess. Uh, I really like there's um, – do you ever read Dune? Yes, right? very much so. So there's that um, – and I, I couldn't quote the whole thing for you, but essentially the fear is the mind killer. There's, mm -hmm. that, little, there's, there's that little speech. Uh, Bene Gesserit, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I absolutely love that, and that's it. Like, you know, you, you can't – you can be afraid, but you can't let that fear, you know, freaking GT just wolf down some Vegemite. No well, fear, man. <clears throat> 
but you know what I mean? Like you let that in, maybe next time you'll be a little hesitant, but, uh, but it's, it's all, it's all those things kind of wrapped up. I'm very, I'm very present, I think. And that's what I've always tried to be in all aspects of my life. And it's interesting because that is the thing that is uh, difficult because, you know, sometimes people want to worry and be mad and, and I'm not saying again, that those things aren't real and shouldn't be, you shouldn't bottle those things up, but you shouldn't let them control how you move forward. So mm. it's uh no, I, I hear that fully. Um, I, I think that's, that, that, that would, that, ta- that would take 20 years to come to terms with a philosophy like that and be able to do that routinely in life. But, uh, cause you know, sometimes you do want to vent, sometimes you do want to yeah, you know, right. lose your mind and you know, come back to it 10 minutes later. But, uh, but often I find that, you know, I, I can lose my mind completely, but, uh, but the, the problem still exists when I come back to it 20 minutes later and, yeah. not, and, and, and I haven't actually moved the, moved the problem any further by. Yeah. And, and by no means am I suggesting that I don't, you know, have to vent and do those things occasionally, but it's less, <coughs> less and less frequently, but you know, in the gym, uh, it's, I've never been able to, uh, to meditate. I think I said this last time we talked, I've never been able to meditate, yeah, sit same. down and like sit at home. Like I don't do any of that stuff. I, I like for being as uh, generally calm as I am, you know, I like loud music. I like barbells hitting the ground. I like, that's how I find my inner peace or mm-hmm. whatever, you know? And so, but that's it. So when we hit the gym and, and Willow with her training, you know, it's like, don't worry about uh, other people's scores, right? Because you can't control what other people do. You can only control what you do. Uh, if you're looking at 21 reps, don't worry about rep 21. It's one rep 21 times and hit that rep every time. Be present in that moment every single time. CrossFit is one of the most zen things you could ever do. Weightlifting, I guess, in general. It doesn't necessarily have to be CrossFit, but, mm-hmm. you know, setting up, picking up the barbell. If you let distraction go in any direction, you can hurt yourself, you miss your lift, you, you shave five seconds, you know, you, you're five seconds longer. <coughs> Same thing with running. Like, running is just very methodical and sort of, you know, you just one foot in front of the other and you, you just enjoy sort of doing that and you let your mind wander and you, and you go through those things. And, uh, it's, it's a very, like, uh, very being present, uh, allows for success in those things. And that's very hard to do, but you know, anytime, like you take that mentality to the gym or to work or to whatever. And I think it works 99% of the time. I understand what you're saying. It's, it's interesting though, uh, I, I love doing CrossFit, but CrossFit to me was always a, a, a team sport. It was always I was around the people, and it was shared suffering and and everything else like that. To get that Zen point in a workout, it always had to be a long one for me <laughs> that I could sort of settle into and and find that point. Like if you talk about some of the explosive workouts and those individual ones, like you talk about a Fran or a you know something, you know those two to six minute ones, that was just a death march for me. I could never find a mental place to get into in that, in that space of time. And it was just a case of try and blow through it and hope. Yep. Um, like there was never, there was no Zen to it. It was just, you know, slog go. Um, whereas the, the, the more lengthy ones, the 45, the 60 minute ones were the ones where I could actually find a place and just sit in it for a while. Um, I have no concept of how anybody would find a Zen place in a six minute workout. I just, it's just something I can't get my head around. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and as a result, I have, I have an incredible amount of admiration who, for, for the people who can, for the people who can find that moment in that lift or in that set of whatever it happens to be. Like, um, you know, the people who can go into a garage like you do and work out on their own 
and and still push it to the limit in those kinds of yeah that's practice too though for sure because there are days when it's hard when you're by yourself Mm. certainly you know i I find the i I find being I, i hate going to the gym by myself like I find find being alone in my head when I'm trying to do those kinds of things. And it's different. I mean, I can get on a bike and ride for hours and be quite happy. Um, not so much running, but but certainly on a bike or something like that. But but going to the gym and trying to drive through a workout like that and push yourself to a limit where you know you've got that copper taste in your mouth and your lungs are hurting and everything else. Right now, <laughs> Tr- trying to do that is I you know I have nothing but admiration and respect for the people who have that capability who have that mental ability just to, to challenge themselves in that moment and do that. Uh, like, I wish I had that skill. I think, I think we should, I think we should take this, uh, take the show on the road and we should get a, we should get a group of people together and do like a pre like 20 minute chat and then have just a kick you in the face kind of workout and then a post 20 minute chat and just see what life brings at that conversation. You know, here's we, what we can do that. Here's what I'm expecting. Like I said, we now do field trips with the podcast. Right, so. right. I'm getting the feeling this is about to be a two on three moment. Isn't yeah, it? Well, you know, I, I think that'd be awesome to like, you know, here, you know, here's what we think. Here's the intent. Here's what we're expecting. Here's and then just to get everybody's opinion and sort of thoughts afterwards, because there are we'll get we'll get Brightwell's um, intended time. Yeah, yeah. The, did you have you heard of the, the? It's the Brightwell equation. We actually have it worked out. Oh, God. <clears throat> so we'll we'll approach we'll approach a workout, and I'll say. It'll ha- it'll be you know it'll be ten minutes or 20, 20 minutes or whatever and and he's like nah you should be able to do that in six it's like it's the point six five Brightwell's point six five whatever he says like he's like I think we can complete that in ten minutes like you ha- you multiply by point six five and that's the true amount of time it's going to take we've we've mathematically proven because he's always like he says oh man that's you know you should add fifty reps I was like I'm not going to add fifty. <laughs> 50 reps dude <laughs> but so the brightwell factor you always kick it up because he believes i think and i'm i'm, I'm speaking for him now because he's not here and i can do that because he's not here although he's probably you know ninja waiting outside in the parking lot right now but anyway uh he believes that you approach the first rep as though and the last rep as though nothing happened in between and there's no like expending energy or right he just thinks that Oh, there's 50, and f- the first one's going to take me the same amount of time as the 50th one. So if I just think that's my time, then I'm good. Not really taking into account necessarily that there's work and you're tired in the middle of that thing, right? Or any of those things. So there's a thing called rest, right? So he he doesn't believe in that. So so that's it. Like he just approaches he just approaches a workout. Like we always joke, you know, you pull you you know you pull a bright while you come out like blazing fast and like you're just gassed and like you know the first quarter of the workout you just gotta got to be able to pull it back but he's he's insane man it's it's impressive it what is. he it's impressive what he can do when when he uh when he puts his mind to something and then i love it like he you know he's gassed on the ground like just gasping for air and he's like that should have been 10 minutes i was like okay dude <laughs> uh, <laughs> but again people who can take their minds to places that other people just can't that's it the, the dark place yeah I, i've done a couple of workouts with scott like back in the day where um he'd be like oh yeah 10 minutes you can do this in sets of five and i'm like dude by the end of this workout i'm gonna be doing sets of one <laughs> like <laughs> and then i'm gonna be gasping for air and then try and do another one or something like, oh no no just sets of five totally sets i'm five. like no like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. no it's, it's just it'll not be, gonna happen it'll be fine sets of five yeah sets of five it's only sets of five it's only <laughs> sets of five <laughs> this is gonna be a thing isn't it yeah, yeah maybe yeah maybe. So yeah, every time I watch Scott on on workouts, he, he's usually in the full send mode. He just it's an all in. I mean, there's intensity. You want to hit intensity, but then there's intensity, intensity. Which yeah, Willow you know, Willow finds that place very well. 
also she's learned to just like her brain shuts off and she just goes and it's it's impressive to watch there are days where like i'm just like i don't even i don't, even I don't know. think i've ever even come close to that <sighs> I just, I mean, even when I do come close to that, I'm not even close to that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean, like, like my, my, my level of that, I'm not. My, my, my brain shuts off, and I think I'm cruising along, and I'm still, like, five minutes behind. <laughs> like, damn it. But. Uh, I can hang for the first minute. Uh, yes. And that's my problem. I try. <laughs> rep for reps. Rep it's, for like rep going for... Shot, it's like going shot for shot. Yeah, with I can't a, do that either. With, like, a dude that has me by 100 pounds. Like, it's not happening. <laughs> I'm done. No, it's it's interesting though, isn't it? I mean, like I, I always talk about rugby games and you're taking hits and you're taking tackles or, you know, you're out in that sort of long sort of cruise mode where you just, you know, you're working through it or whatever else, you know, that Zen place at 45 minutes that a runner gets into or a, or a cyclist gets into or something like that. Um, but there's always a reason to get back up um, when you've got no other reason than, you know, it, it, you're alone in a garage and you're doing, you know, cleans, I don't know, at some ridiculous weight or something like that, like... Uh, trying to find the mental place to get yourself through that next rep when it's just so easy to say, look, I'm done. Right. Like nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. Like nobody, who cares? Like that, that that's that, I don't know whether that's a habit or a philosophy or an ability or, or whatever the hell that happens. Luckily, to me. My, most of my regular workout buddies are all in the same boat as me. So there's a lot more of like, <laughs> like 20 minutes. We're good. For 12, 14, let's just call it quick. I've done that more often than I have. We're just starting to do that now. We're like, look, we looked at it the other day, and there was one, one workout. I'm like, it was just taking us a little long, and, and it was milky. It was 5.30 a.m., and you know, about 6 o'clock at this point. I looked over at him, and I'm like, I think I'm done after this, this round. And he's like, it was like a five-round thing. It was three rounds. like, yeah, yeah, me too. I got a couple more reps. I mean, we literally went and sat over on the side and just shot the shit for about an hour. And then... <laughs> That happens a lot, though. It's the it's the perceived. Uh, I still walk in and I still get people that are like, "Oh, how are you gonna how are you gonna do on this one?" I'm like, "I just hope I can do it. Like, I can <laughs> hope I can just show up and do it." I like, there's no expectation, really. I'm I'm just here to, I'm just here to actually attempt. Yeah, I'm yeah. at the attempt level now. Yeah. It was it was the first time one of these uh, one of these 18 year old college kids. Like, how are you gonna do? And I'm like, I I hope I'm not gonna die. Right. Yeah. Right. That, that's that's what I'm, I'm here. In mind. I'm here. I'm so, here. Showing up is a victory. Yeah. I'm just gonna put RX on the board. I showed up. <laughs> right. Right. I showed up. Set up at the bar. <laughs> right. It was the right way. It I picked right. it up once. No, I missed it. Missed a rep, but I still attempted. So yeah. No, no. <laughs> still RX. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You don't have to complete it. I mean, it's no. It's that's, a, that, that's a myth. Actually, they got they got a cap for that reason. The worst one ever was last year. It was a forty-minute cap with the double under one. Yeah, people that can't do double unders and attempt that RX—that is a that's a mental that's a mental uh, fortitude judging thing right there. Yep, because you just sit there and watch. And it's like, like double unders is the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible at them. Terrible. I never, never got the rhythm down. Never got the rhythm down. I did, and then I, uh, I was very good at them, and then I busted my wrist doing, doing the uh, dishes. Right. <laughs> Wasn't it? It was actually. Well, it's the same type of injury. We were doing. Uh, <laughs> remember? Remember the, uh, the the lumberjack twenty? You ever heard yeah, of that workout? Yeah, yeah. It ends with like hang dumbbell squat cleans or something like that. So of course, me and my buddy are going next to each other. So we're trying to beat each other out the door. We're kind of rep for rep. So I go do the clean. I stand up, and instead of just like putting the dumbbells down, because if I would have put them in front of me, I would have step over and like avoid them and I want to beat them. So I go like this, I take it, turn my wrist and dump it. Well, this one was fine. As soon as I turn this, I uh, tore something down the edge of my, and I, to this day, I can't, if you ever watch me, I can't twist my wrist. There's like permanent damage. And this was like four years ago and I can't physically my. turn. I used to be able to do like a hundred in a row. No, no problem. 
I'm now, sure there's, I'm now, sure there's some joke to insert here. Now, but, now I now now if I uh, what was the one they had? It was a uh, this the the one they was like fifty. You had to do fifty. I think I did that in six re- six sets of yeah. fifty, which is usually like was like no problem. Now it's like eleven. Ah, <laughs> shake out for a few seconds. I'm like nineteen. Okay, shake out. It's, it's a slow. It's a slow trudge to get there. Trudge. That's a good word. Trudge. That's, that's, I'm trudging through the mud right now. <laughs> in my, my, my fitness journey. No, my my challenge was always. Um, Annie, which was, you know, 50, 40, 30, which um, sit-ups and, and double-unders. Two of my worst movements. That would take me 10 minutes. Well, not, not exactly. the, the challenge for me was always doing the double-unders in Annie Unbroken. And I've done it a couple of times in my life, and I wish to this day I could do the sit-ups Unbroken, but I can't even come close. <laughs> uh, sit-ups I like. Sit-ups I like. I, that's one of, one of those things that I can just kind of do. Like those, those, those go well. Double-unders, not so much. But, Are you talking like the butterfly sit-up or the anchor? Uh, either or. Anchor, I'm good. Like, I'm actually more... Butterfly is fine. I'm more confident on a GHD because I can anchor my feet. As soon as I start doing um, with the butterfly, I did it once at your house. And you, you saw it. I, I think I, I kept... About every 10 reps, I just laid on my back and was just, like, laying out like this, like, cramping up. <laughs> like, they're sit-ups. I, I, surely I can do these sit-ups. Surely, surely. It's only sit-ups. <laughs> right. It's... Oh God! Right. You, you've started something now. Yeah. Well, every time every time you come up it's like against something, you're going to think that now. Just for the it's like a little earworm. It gets in there, and you're like, "Wow, I'm going to text Paul. <laughs> I'm going to text Paul later on this week." I'm like, no, it was only I talked myself into something stupid. <laughs> right. I had a, I had a Vegemite moment. And, <laughs> and, uh, a Vegemite moment. It's like it's sort of a watershed moment. Yeah. The same kind of thing. It's a yeah. Vegemite moment. It's it that a- time when you thought it was great and it tastes awful. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 would have I actually, can't argue with that. I would have actually rather had wasabi. Oh, God. I like wasabi. I mean, wasabi would have just cleaned the nostrils out. That, that just... <laughs> that, li- a, that lingers. That's it. That really sit in my throat right now. It's like... Because you retaste it. <laughs> and then you can smell it. So it's like it's all... The airwaves are all... Or the the it's all track's there. all the same. It's so. all there. You'll never, you'll never think of Craig the same way again. No. I don't trust Craig. <laughs> Actually, he again. He's like, oh, it's from Australia. You should try it. <laughs> to his, to Wait, his me... credit, he he was relatively honest. I mean, there was the nah, nah, you shouldn't try that. <laughs> which is which is like the the parenting thing. No, I don't want you to do that. I want you guys to yell and be hey, crazy. Look, and you know, I, I was all willing to go with the experiment. I would have made the toast. I would have spread it on right. But you went literally into the we jar. Don't, we don't have the, time. We gotta. Like, no. We gotta, we gotta bust through it, you know. Into the jar with a popsicle stick, they're like, and it's one of those moments where everybody, all of the Australians, would have been going, "Really? Are you sure?" It was a pea size. Yeah. It only took about a quarter of the pea size. That was enough. Only one Australian here. Good, I, I think, and he was saying that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did say though. Don't, don't take all of that because that, that would have been savage. That, that would have just, that would have ended oh, ugly. Reason, reasonable. It, it, it does look like it looks like Greece. It really yeah. does. Yeah, it does. Looks like you got it right off of the. Uh, but no, it, it was it was fascinating moving. <clears throat> All right, so I moved to the US in two thousand and started two thousand and thirteen, and I had this period of nine months where I was waiting for my green card, and so um, I got up. You know, I used to be able to get up, take the kids to school, go have breakfast, um, go to CrossFit, do all those kinds of things, um, and and just be able to sort of relax into life. But it also gave me the uh, the opportunity to explore a bunch of stuff that I might not have had other times for. And instead of getting out here and, and realizing that, um, you know, when, when I first came to the States, to me, Mexican food was Taco Bell. You know, I'd, I'd never had, like, quality Mexican food ever. And so all of a sudden you get this opportunity to have, um, you know, these, these proper Mexican meals down in New York City with a chili burrito the size of your head or something like that. And you start to realize why 
everybody talks about, hey, let's go for Mexican food because it's so cool or so amazing or something right. like that. Um, but there were so many of these American cultural experiences that I'd never had before and and all of these inside jokes that Americans inevitably have. Um, and the one, the, the, the one that sticks out to me is, is being on the beach in the summer and, and a guy asked me if I wanted a s'more and not knowing what it was, I said, more what? Everybody laughed. Killing me smalls. He's said that and he's gone, you're killing me smalls. <laughs> and everybody's laughing their asses off and I'm looking at him like, what just happened? It's like, right, right. And somebody handed me a copy of The Sandlot and said, just go watch this. Right. Like, okay, One of my all-time favorites. Nice. But, um, but, I mean, you think about, I mean, the, the Western capitalist cultures and, and, and fairly close. I mean, we, we have McDonald's, we have, uh, you know, those kinds of things. But, you know, the, it's the little nuanced differences that, you know, you've never had Cajun food before. Somebody says barbecue and it and it's, it takes on a whole different meaning no matter where you are in a country or something like that. Um, Wait, Australian barbecue is Cajun? No, no, no. Sorry. When you come to the US and, and somebody says barbecue, then you get North Carolina barbecue or you get Kansas City barbecue. Or Memphis, or get, yeah. And it's it's amazing to, to sort of read into this stuff and, and, and start. I mean, I, I grew up with sort of seafood and, and, a, and a few other things like that, which is a little bit difficult to get out here. But again, you, you truck out to Maine and go for a holiday there and, and it's just lobster fest as far as the eye can see, mm-hmm. which is just freaking wonderful. Um, <laughs> but uh, but there are, you know, it, it was always the odd things that people just kind of expect. I mean, somebody handed me a PB&J sandwich and that was so cloyingly sweet. I didn't take more than two mouthfuls before I put it down and said thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sort of always aware of the difference. You know, somebody will see me eating Vegemite and I'm like... Eat. All right, try it once, but you're not going to like it. I'm, I'm almost guaranteeing at this point you're not going to like it. Willow's That's better than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to you? Yeah. Like, see, Americans do sweet for breakfast, which is something I, I, you know, I see people with like pancakes and syrup. Yeah, well, that, no, I don't. Or, I don't do peanut butter and jelly for, usually it's like a quick like travel food. Like if I'm flying, we'll make it for the plane or we'll make it, you know, it's, but just I don't general, have it often. Like American, a lot of Americans seem to do this sweet for breakfast thing. Yeah. And that was something French I, mean, I was and- used to savory. I was used to like, um, you know, breakfast was always a, a, almost a salty, savory meal. It was like Vegemite on toast or it was, um, you know, you might get toast, but you'd get sort of eggs or, or something like mm-hmm. that. It was, it, was, it was a very savory meal, like sweet was dessert. Um, so coming over and, and sort of find, you know, it was just those weird nuanced differences that, you know, so everybody looks at me and says, what do you mean you don't like PB&J? And I'm like, I, I, I can't do it. It's, it's just, you know, it's really weird. Whereas everybody- You do maple at- syrup? I do maple syrup, but generally to me, maple syrup is, is kind of... Real real maple syrup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but even then it'll be like um, uh, a treat type like thing in it. And it's certainly not like one of those... Uh, I mean, people eat hotcakes or something or pancakes for breakfast. And somehow to me that it, it's just a jarring, jarring look at life. Yeah, I, just I, sweet for breakfast. I, 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 I eat it in about... Pretty much right now, kind of like the pancake. We're in the pancake season, yeah. like syrup, maple syrup season. Yeah. So like, I'll go probably over the next month, like one or two weekends, probably have it at like a place that makes it. But I'm not a big. Uh, I love it. I mean, they're good, but it's the same thing. It's a, like a dessert. So like, you know, you kind of look at it as a a treat more so than than a, a regular occurrence in the yeah. In I mean, the diet. to me, instead of pancakes and whipped cream and maple syrup and everything else like that, that to me says dessert. It doesn't say to yeah. me breakfast. Whereas I know a lot of people who it is breakfast to them and. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, even when it's, Karen cooks cooks pancakes, and don't get me wrong, my my family adored the fact that Karen would cook pancakes for breakfast. Um, and there's a whole other story that goes with that, most of which involves my brother coming. My brother's ten years younger than me, come you know coming to our house from college and literally eating us out of house and home. Um, 
and, and not realizing it was doing it. But, you know, the pancakes for breakfast thing. But even then it was, to me, it was like uh, maybe jam or something on it or a little bit. But um, it, to me, sweet for breakfast was always a very American thing. I don't know what, what that is, but just an odd one. Probably, yeah. Danishes. And so when you go to the convenience store and they get like a cheese Danish or a cinnamon roll, I'm like, how do people eat that for breakfast? I'm just black coffee. Good IF until noon. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I don't follow any of that stuff. I my IF is is purely done by having no time to eat breakfast. Right, right. Then it becomes black coffee till two p.m. <laughs> and then I'm running to get something to eat. <laughs> but on like, the other hand, like um, uh, bagels aren't like a thing all over the world. Bagels are a very quintessentially American thing, and I'm I'm all about the bagel. Like yeah, bag- bagels, the good breakfast bagel. Yeah, absolutely love it. Yeah, if it's got like meat and stuff on it, I like it. I like bagels, but it's it's usually got to have something on the side. Very rarely do I just get a bagel. Oh, yeah, but, you know, I mean, the concept of, like, a, a sausage and egg bagel in the morning. Oh, like, yeah, like I'm saying, like, like, if you were, like, bagel pit and get something on a bagel, like an actual sandwich, love it, but... Breakfast of if, champions. Truth. Yeah. It's a good round. Yeah, I mean, you, you got everything you need. Absolutely, but, I mean, you know, it, it's something just about that thick sourdough-type bread mm-hmm. that I don't, know where, I don't know who, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know what culture started this thing. Long or, Island. It, well, there you go, Long Island. Was it? You're, that's where you're from, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Long Island's like Long Island capital bagels. of bagels. Delicious. Yeah, love love bagel. Like, just one of those things that you know, wherever I go in the world, I'm I'm taking that shit with me. I, <laughs> yeah, when my family comes, they bring up dozens and we freeze them. We have nice. yeah, we have the same. We have a friend that brings them up. Same yeah, Long Island. They're just different. They're better. They are. You can't you can't replicate it. It's, they say it's the water, which is actually I think the truth. It's something. Some, it's something down little, in the. There's a little magic down there that happens that brings the bagels to a. No, to, is it a, is it a company that makes it or is it no, a no, just, just just anywhere? You know, when someone actually says it's the water. I think it's the water they boil down there. Someone said I don't know if it's this, like seawater. I don't know what it is. But uh, look, I'm going to show my complete ignorance. When you say Long Island, you're not talking Brooklyn, Queens. You're talking about like the whole the, the, the well, yes, NASA and Suffolk NASA, County. Yes, out on the island, right? Not Sorry. the island, not the physical. Complete yeah. island. Okay, right. No, that's that's what I'm trying to get at. Yep. It's a bit like when somebody says, um, uh, you know, somebody from New York uh, City says upstate, and they're talking about anything above West Yonkers, Chester. West, Westchester, right on. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. So close. So close. You, just going to make sure you understand, you know, that, that Long Island is in fact not the geographical thing. It's actually yes, like it's a, actually. Have you had to, when you, when you talk to people where you're from and like not around here, but say I'm from New York, and then preface it with way upstate New York. Yeah, well, I remember moving up here as a teenager and trying to find Plattsburgh on the map was like, nope, you just kept going until it was like, wait, are we moving to Canada? So, yeah, no, anytime you say that, but I, yeah. uh, like when you're traveling, like I'm from New York, I'm like, oh, the city, that's cool. I'm like, I'm, well, I haven't been in the city in like four years. But right, yes, right, right, yes. Same state. State, yeah. <laughs> One of the triangle parts of the, of the, yeah. of the No, area. no, I, I always like the, uh, yeah, somebody will say, where are you from? And I say Plattsburgh and they're like, no, really, where are you from? And I like the South. And it just just that look of abject confusion on their face. I'm like, the, the really far south. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. You know, there is, in fact, things south of Key West. Just, just you know. Yeah, whole countries. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And there's places north of Montreal. I've, like, I've never gone north of Montreal in my life. No? Uh, I would like been, to, but I, have, I literally have never got past the island. We've been out. Uh, we did New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island. That's so cool. we went out through Maine that way. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Quebec City? Uh, I've, really never nice. been to I've never been there. Worth trip. I, I, I want to go there, and I've never been to Ottawa. Oddly enough, even though it's a couple hours away, I, which I'd like to go to. Is Ottawa the one with the frozen canal that everybody can skate on for miles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always wanted to do that. I, th- I believe so. It's, it's the capital, but I, th- I believe it's the one with all 
Yeah, fact check it. No, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think Ottawa's got, I think they, the river or whatever, the canal, the, this like a big, long skating skating rink. Because Ottawa's the capital, right? Yep. Yep. I don't check on that. I'm not sure, but I haven't been, but I'd like to go. That'd be fun. Yeah, there you go. Skating canal, Ottawa. Conditions. Boom. The internet. Boom. Love it. See, this yeah, is, this and, and this is coming from people who actually went through high school without the internet, unlike right, some right. people. Well, yeah, I had the internet, but <laughs> but it was wicked slow. But <laughs> but when people like talk about like didn't have like phones, didn't have anything like that. So I was like the last, like I think it was the last like little bit of years where people at that point started to all have like smartphones and things like that. I think I had a flip phone my junior or senior year that I could call. It was back I in the day think, when it was it was like I an LCD I, screen with two colors and you played Snake. I think, yeah, that was, that was actually my first game. Yeah, I used to play. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was it. And then yeah, so like we didn't have Facebook until I didn't have Facebook until college. I couldn't. They had like the edu thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to because I mean you sort of look at the way technology's changed, um, and it's always a bit of a laugh when I'm talking to my kids. Um, like rotary phones, phones yeah. with corded rotary phones in your kitchen and the cord that would stretch right across the kitchen. So mum could miles, right? Um, <laughs> you know, the, and, and you know, it was always a challenge to, to get un- tangled up and you're trying to unwind the, the tangle and, and things like that. But um, the internet wasn't really a thing until I hit college. Um, even at school, we had computer labs rather than personal computers. By the, I mean, I always compare myself with my brother who came 10 years after and he went to a school where everybody had individual laptops. Um, I didn't get my first phone until I was in college. And then it was like, you know, the original indestructible Nokia. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, look, I, I can't even remember. I mean, I, I remember video calls starting and I remember MMS starting, but I also remember it being horrendously expensive. Yes. Um, especially in Australia where let's face it, people get absolutely, you know, I mean, the, the telecom companies may as well be pirates because that's exactly what they do. <laughs> they simply oh. fleece you of all your coin and leave it at that. Um, is Australia an expensive place to live? The cost of living is much higher than it, than it was here um, from groceries perspective. I mean, there's also a lot of tariffs to protect Australian in, uh, industry. So, for example, there was a, the Australian car industry for a long time was very protected such that um, the cost of a car was extraordinarily expensive compared to the US. What cars do they have? Um, oh, all, all of the same ones. So you have Holden, which is the Australian company, but partners with GMC. Ford exists in Australia. But then you've got a lot of the Asian, you know, uh, Toyota, Kia, Hyundai, those kinds of companies. You don't have like Buick or Dodge or a couple of others because by the time you've paid all the tariffs, it's, you know, you, you get a you, your average Buick and all of a sudden it's 60 grand worth of car. Um, so very expensive. And then when you talk about the um, the exchange rate, um, which can fluctuate I was gonna say, quite badly as well. How, how's that? Is it more like the British pound or is it more? Uh, no, no, it's, it was it was quite, a, I can't remember when they deregulated the dollar. I think it was like somewhere in the late 80s because I remember it happening when I was at school. But um, uh, it's fluctuated anywhere from in the really good years where it's dollar for dollar. So I, you know, and they're the, they're the really good years and I can start bringing money across here to, to the ones where it's like um, 50 cents on the dollar. But generally it sits at around no. 70, 72. So it's about, about um, Canada then? Yeah. I'm yeah. So it's a, again about Canada. And you, the same way people shop down here, you see uh, the same approach in terms of um, what Australians have to deal with. So, you know, clothes tend to be a bit more expensive and food tends to be a bit more expensive. And real estate in Australia is just ridiculous at the moment in terms of how expensive it is. Um, well, I was thinking like um, Hawaii is so expensive, but the same thing, it's an island. So you just figure shipping everything. Yeah, there's and, a little more, and then, and then I mean, it was it was all the the weird things like you know you talk about telecommunications. Telecommunications was always government controlled, 
and they only just recently opened up the market. But you know, one company owned all the infrastructure, so they could just fleece you for just about everything you owned. It was, it was really quite obscene. I mean, cable internet was slow and really expensive for like the longest time, um, to the point where the government just about had to take back over again to allow it to happen. Um, and and the other thing you've always got to remember with Australia is is uh, whenever you go to a different country, it's overseas, <laughs> and it's and it's a minimum of like a three hour. I mean, I think New Zealand right. alone is like a three hour flight from the east coast. So the continent of Australia is it just Australia? Yep. So like, what's New Zealand? New Zealand's a, an island um, is it a, across Asia? the ditch, as they call it. Um, no, no, it's it's Oceania. So it's uh, it's not really we're a lot closer to Asia than we we used to be in terms of economic development and everything else. So Australia becomes part of the the Pacific Nations group, but it, Oceania is like um, New Guinea, Australia, New Zealand, and a, for, and a bunch of those islands. What what are they considered part of a continent or no? Australia is considered an island and a continent at the same time. But like um, none of those affiliate with the continent of Australia. No, no, they're they're because like I'm thinking like North America, or like Central America. I don't, no, maybe that's not how they do it. Like not. No, every I mean, Australia Australia doesn't have any land borders, so like not every country needs to be a part of a continent. No, that's right. So New okay. Zealand is an island, it, but it's a country in and of itself, and it's not part of. So we like, like Central America is not a continent, but it's, it's right. all like the little Caribbean islands. Oh, the the islands. I think Central America is still considered well, part of I the mean, Americas continent. Yeah, right? yeah so, I mean, you have the Panama, and you have. I, I don't know, Rica but it, all it's all based on like the tectonic plates or something, isn't it? So um, you're, you're well outside of my. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm probably talking out my hat at the moment. So right we, we talked about uh, daylight savings time in the last podcast, and there was the only two states not to have it is Arizona and Hawaii. But there was, I thought there wasn't many that shared time zones. Like I thought most of the time zones kind of followed the border lines and there's like 10 states that have yeah that are split multiple i thought it was just tennessee to be honest because most of them may, maybe like i was even thinking texas even though being wide was still all central but it's not yeah even florida has central time zone which you didn't know so australia has three time zones and, and it was always really weird because if you imagine um the east coast is is call it zero and the west coast is three hours behind a bit like you know, but then there's South Australia, which is half an hour behind, and I never understood that. Like, why, why not just pick the whole hour? It's it's half an hour. Thirty six well, minutes. We want thirty six, <laughs> and that's what we're going. What with. what is zero on the time? Isn't it like Japan? Uh, zero. No, it's 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 Greenwich plus. Oh, it is ten or eleven or something like that, depending on daylight saving. Yeah. So if if the east coast of the US oh, is, is Greenwich like the meridian minus five, line? Is it yeah, line so, meridian. So it, I think you got. I think the east coast of the US is minus five, whereas um, the east coast of Australia is plus, plus. Oh God, I can't remember. Plus eleven, I think, or plus ten, or something. So there's like a that. sixteen hour difference. Yeah, sixteen hours. Do you, when you would fly there, you'd go west though, right? Um, it depends. Uh, no, the the standard route to get from New York to Sydney is New York, LA, Sydney. Um, but as a result, it's really expensive to travel that route so if you're willing to take a little bit of extra time and go some weird and wonderful places it can get really really cheap so i remember um when i was visiting karen a lot i'd, I'd literally i was by myself i didn't care i just i'd find the the cheapest route to take me across and knowing that i have you know days to recover and could recover a lot quicker back in those days so you know whereas a ticket between new york and sydney might be two thousand dollars return um i remember one time getting it for like eight hundred dollars by going sort of sydney darwin tokyo chicago you know, chicago atlanta new york or something like that and it, it, ridiculously <laughs> stupid stuff to do but 
when it's you by yourself, you don't care. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when all of a sudden you've got kids and everything else in tow, then yeah. then speed becomes the essence of, of like long distance travel. And this is the that the travel hack that we talked about before, like um, like trying to explain to a two year old that yes, I realize it's four o'clock in the morning. I realize we're on the floor at LAX. And I realize we've still got two hours to wait to get onto our, our flight, but you can't go to sleep right now because daddy can't carry you in seven suitcases. Um, so you're going to have to walk, but I want to ride. Um, so it's, it's one of those moments that, you know, it, again, it's one of those Zen moments in life where you just have to find a place and just get through it. That's it. Because it. it's only, time's ticking. So you'll get there. It's time's only one ticking. trip. Yeah. It's, all, it's only <laughs> the two it's hours only. will be done. Um, I'm, yeah. It's, gentlemen, I must say, I, speaking of children, Gotta to go. get, I got to get my uh, kid I'm, to where she's got to be. And no, that you're, you're good because I got to go pick up mine somewhere. What are we call time. I don't know what time it is, but I know, I know we're good. We're th- within time. I won't be late to the airport. Sorry, forgive me. I, I got on an elocution safari for the moment, and, and no, I don't know no, where no, that took no, us. No, so. worries. no, no worries. No worries at all. This is that's usually how the podcasts go. We don't have any theme. We just, uh, we just talk about whatever comes to mind, so that's good. Okay, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, no, but we do, I do think we should all get together and uh, throw down. Uh, we're all at various places in our lives, and I think that would be a hell of a good time. So either your place or mine, but we got the equipment. Let's do this. Yeah, got some really fun. Got some really hey, fun hey, ones I want to try. Are, are you in? I'm in. I'm in. Oh wait, uh, so boom! Great. Right. <laughs> all right. So that would be a future. We'll invite. I, we'll invite a few more friends and we'll, see what happens. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do a little roundtable, Mike. All, right. all I'm going to say though is is if we do this, you have to write something cool on my headstone. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Yeah, here lies Craig DeBoost's he mistakes makes, were made. makes you think like I work out a lot. I'm right. like, I'm probably right. Well, well, right. It was only 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. On that note, gentlemen. Josh. <laughs> Paul. Paul. Thank you, gentlemen. This was a lot of fun. All right. Sounds good. That is uh, episode, I think it's 19. <laughs> if not, whatever. It's all good. All right. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.